How's it going, everybody? We are back with the Oh Brother Let's Talk Now podcast, the podcast where we are brothers who talk. Now. Wow. I didn't know we, it's all we went the name. with that. It's all in the name. I like to keep things pretty simple. No. For, uh, you know, it's, it's anyone can... Look, I've known you for a good while. You don't like to keep things simple. Well, for I like to lure it in with simplicity. Oh, you like to lure people in. Yeah, like a it's like a nice net. You know, I lay I lay simplicity out. I'm not liking the the imagery here. And then when people get close to the simplicity to kind of see if there's a little more to it, that's when the net falls. Ah. And next thing you know, you got a 45 minute rant about why Spider Man's eyes should be brown instead of blue like they usually are. In yeah. The movies. And you're luring people in and that's how you get them. them with nets. Exactly. I got you. That's what those sounds are. <laughs> no, if you hear whining, that's just my dog who um, sure. lives a better life than most people. So um, I wouldn't go that far, but well, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of first world countries or third world countries out there. True. But um, anyway, uh, last time I had my wife on here. I don't know if we ever said her name, but we did the top ten animated Disney movies. And that got me thinking. Man, I hate that I missed that. I know. I could, I, I could feel your presence there. Yeah. Even if you weren't there. And I could feel, even then, with all the, the singing of Disney songs, I could feel like just a disturbance in the force. Like yeah. wherever you were, all of a sudden there was just a tingle in your spine. But um, Yes, sir. But no, I, I figured that if we are going to do that with a guest, then me and you, we should solidify. I mean, what kind of a pop culture podcast are we? If people don't know our top ten list of our favorite movies of all time, mm-hmm. and I thought the top ten actors list was going to be the hardest list I've I ever had to do. This is harder, probably even harder. It may be right there with it, but it's so hard. I agree. I think it's probably harder just because with actors, you know, you can cover such a grand body of work with one actor, mm-hmm. or with a movie, it's like you gotta do this. And honestly. Ask me in a month what my top 10 favorite movies are, and I'd probably give you a, a slightly different list. I do think my top three are pretty solid, mm-hmm. and my top one is definitely like locked in chains. You know what I mean? Right. What, what is it with all yeah, this? Yeah, I'm not locked in imagery. You know what I mean? It's like, locked in chains. Yeah, almost like in, a, like in a crate under somebody's house. Whoa, so, whoa, whoa. I do pass control. Um, sure. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, so. Do you want to just get right into this, and we or should we do our honorable mentions first? I think we should do our honorable mentions last. Last honorable mentions? That's what we did last time, wasn't it? I guess so. Okay. So you like you know what I like that. So the way I think we should do this is, and I think we did this differently when we did our top ten favorite actors. Mm-hmm. But um, I like, and I had some people give some feedback. That instead of me doing like 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and then you do in 10, mm-hmm. we go 10, 10, 9, 9, 8, 8, 7, 7. Because, you know, I, at who first, told you that? Some people who listen. No. One of the, His name's Kurt. Kurt? Kurt. He's in my Bible study. Thanks, Kurt. He listens and he's thought it makes it a little more interesting because then it's. Appreciate your. It's uh, like comparing. Constructive criticism, Mr. Mm-hmm. Kurt. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you, Garrett. Because Garrett listens to all these. Actually, admit it Wait, to me that on. he doesn't you say, listen. You say Garrett? Don't do it. Garrett, <laughs> I'd like to thank you personally. I'm, I'm shocked that I got to make it in here. Listen here, Garrett. I'm sure Garrett was very disappointed. Garrett, do you realize how much trouble you're in? Top 10 favorite actors oh, of all time. Oh, he is. 
I just you thought it wasn't fair. He was. I was about to say he would have just been number one. So. Like, it's like when people say like, "What famous person would you want to meet?" And it's like it's, yeah, he would yeah. be it. So he's yeah. Um. Well, anyway, do you want to start first or shall I? I'll go first. You go first. So, what's your number ten favorite? And once again, we want to clarify: this is our favorite movies. Yeah. We're not saying these are the best movies of all time. My best movies list would be radically different. Yeah. Um. So my number ten is the. Good old film, Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water, huh? We need to put a a warning on this podcast for language. Yes, forgive me, forgive me. Just know that Ethan's already just condemned his soul to a fiery place. And I was just repeating what he said, so technically, I'm Um, still in the pearly (laughs) This is Capturing people all left and right. Yeah, apparently. This is a 2016 classic, dude. 2016? Yeah. Remind me which one this is. This is Chris Pine, Ben Foster, Jeff Bridges. Chris Pine and Ben Foster are brothers. They're bank robbers. Well, not bank robbers. They're just robbers. It's like a western-y? Sort of, yeah, but it's modern. Chris Pine. It's fantastic. Um, Jeff Bridges gives a great performance. Chris Pine and Ben Foster have incredible chemistry. Uh, I'm a performances guy. More than like some people be like, well, my favorite film is Avatar for the cinematography. It's like no, all digital. Yeah, my favorite film is Avatar for the uh, CGI. For the um, you know what I mean though. Most some BCL. people, so, dear God, some people's favorite movies are um, yeah, like that, based yeah. on different things. Mine, you know, mine number one is acting, and number two is probably writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, this is a very well acted movie, more so than well written. Mm-hmm. Um, no offense to the writer of the film, which I'm unsure of who that is. William Shakespeare. Yes, Will, Bill, as I Bill, as I like to call Bill him. Shakespeare. Bill it was Shakespeare. his. It was his secret work that they found. Um, and let's just say most people were shocked at how good he was at, pre- at predicting modern America. Right. Absolutely. Um, and then Gil Birmingham mm-hmm. is good in it. He's the Native American uh, partner mm-hmm. of, of Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Bridges. Fantastic film. I really do need to watch this because I haven't like seen all those actors. I haven't. Years ago. I like all those actors. I like Jeff Bridges a lot. I mean, Jeff Bridges is on my list. I would like to say, I'm going to ruin one of my honorable mentions and tell you what almost was number 10. <gasps> How dare you? I was drawn, like, I was like, I might put a superhero movie in my top 10 just <gasps> for Jacob, which I didn't. But the Batman was almost number ten. Really, the Batman's yeah. your favorite superhero. It movie is. Also? I rewatched it yesterday, and it's. I don't watch this at theaters. I want to watch it again. It's so certainly bad. my favorite superhero movie of all time. I think the problem was I sat my wife down and I said, "This opening is the best opening of like any movie I've seen in the last forever." And then she was like, "Oh, that sounds awesome!" And then we watched it, and she just, I think I overhyped how awesome the opening of the oh, movie is. But I think it's so good. Where he's yeah. like, "Halloween or October thirty first, whatever." Yeah. I want to watch it again so bad. It's such... It's like... Well, oh, we'll get to that. Save it with Arnold Mentions. Um, no, I, I really want to watch that. I think... S- small side tangent. I think that Chris Pine should be the new Indiana Jones. Um, but it probably won't happen. Harrison Ford will keep doing that until... They'll be weekending at Bernie's. Yes, yeah, sir. But... Um, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I, hell or high water? High water? Hiller Highwater. High you got them Highwater jeans on. You got them Highwater jeans because you better get them on because we're heading down down to hell. <laughs> <Do> you know <laughs> that, sir? Did you really watch the movie? That's what the movie is oh, about. Oh, my bad. I, Jeff I forgot about that. Jeff Bridges sells a certain brand of jeans that makes it possible to traverse 
the very fiery depths of Hades. No, sir. I believe you're mistaken. And then, um, uh, what's his name? Not Gilbert Godfrey. Who voices Hades? James. James Woods. James Woods. James Woods is down there, and he's like, he said, "How you doing? How's it going?" Yeah. Um, what's your number ten here? My number ten. Is I'm gonna warn. Am I gonna be making fun of your list? That's what I was about to say. I think that your list is gonna be much more like this. A scholar is gonna lean back with a monocle and a pipe and be like, "No, that's not my list. No, I've got a couple on there that fit in that, but few." I'm saying I think your list is probably more like prestigious. Sure. And my list is gonna be more like, like, you know, the kid, the people who when they walked out of the Phantom Menace were like, "Oh my god!" You know, yeah. Those people are gonna be like, "This guy knows what he's talking about," but like. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the, um, what are they called? The Oscars people, the board of Oscars, whoever does the voting for the Oscars, if midway through the show they come in and just beat me to death with a golden statue. But, right. um, I'll help them. I'll thanks. tie you down. I mean, you probably will at this point. You can tie me down with all of my nets and chains yeah. that I have making all, all around here. Anyway, my number 10 is Toy Story. I sir, sir, I love Toy sir. Story, dude. I gen- and I went ten was the hardest spot for me because mm-hmm. I was like, man, there's so many movies and I'm like, ah, they deserve to be in the top ten. But I really just think Toy Story is it's the first Pixar movie. It like it's so good and like Toy Story, I think has really been. I love one, two, and three, and then four is just a dumpster fire. It's pretend like it doesn't exist. But the first one, much like another ser- another movie on my list. I think the first one is almost like people when they hear, oh, it's Toy Story, they think of like kind of the brand and the franchise and it's all like toys, 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 obviously. But that first movie is very good. It's very like the writing is really sharp. The performances are really good. Um, at the time, and even today, like at the time it was like next level, oh my gosh, computer, you know, computer generated images, CGI is what that's called. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Uh, but like it was like next level, and now I think the way they did it. There's some movies from that era which, you, if you go back and watch, you're kind of like, oh yeah, you can definitely tell this is like an older movie. The, I don't know what it is about. I guess it's because they're toys, and so they're supposed to have almost like a plasticky texture to them. Um, it's it still holds up. You get like these warm nostalgic feelings. I love Buzz and Woody's whole um, friendship and their whole mm-hmm. dynamic. Uh, I really like, like, there's so many great one-liners in this, like, the whole part where, you know, Buzz is, like, you know, secretly out there, there was an, there's, an, you know, an evil lord with a weapon that can destroy an entire planet, and now I need to get out there. Mm-hmm. And then Woody's like, you are a toy! Yeah. You know, like, there's just so many quotable moments. I think that it's great for all ages, like, it's got jokes well, and visuals for the kids. I know, I think it's got jokes and visuals for the kids, I think for the parents, like most Pixar, but I think this is, like, peak Pixar for me. And, yeah, I mean, I think it easily, easily, that's what I'm not ashamed to have on my top ten is Toy Story. I think, I think that most people would put that above Hell or High Water. And I think that's ridiculous if that's the case, but I, I don't think yeah. that you'd be. But, yeah, I, I mean, I have no shame. Buzz and Woody, I'll carry you. Right. I think that I, I, I kind of want to, have you seen where people with their trucks will, like, have a Buzz and Woody zip tied to their? Yes, sir. I, I want to do that with my car. That'd be cool. Be careful putting your elbows on this. Are you, make me, Are you kidding me? It's probably going to be picked up. Look here, buddy. Let me ask you a question. This will be fun. This will be mm-hmm. a fun little thing just for us because we do stupid things. Mm-hmm. So your main character is Jeff Bridges. Who do you think wins in a fight? Jeff Bridges from Hell or High Water or Buzz and Woody from Toy Story? 
We'll just we'll just go ahead and mark that down as a practical joke. Now let me ask you seriously. Let's talk about this for a second. So I'm assuming he has a gun. Yes, sir. But you think the psychological warfare of Woody, kind of like what he did to Sid, where he's like, you know, reach for the sky, and then he's like, oh, this reminds me of an old toy there. You know, he picks it up, and either at that point, Buzz crawls up the back, going for the jugular, or Woody does kind of like the talking thing and then scares him for how old is he in hell or high water he's in a we talking a heart attack man. age oh yeah you think they could give him a heart attack by scaring no, him no I believe this this man is a hardened killer you think Jeffers is a killer in the movie well he's a, I mean he's police a, officer he's a sheriff sheriff but, okay you don't think even for a second actually he's a Texas Ranger I'm pretty sure okay I like Buzz and Woody I don't know if they're taking this they're, I guess the question is are we going for death or just incapacitated <laughs> Um, How much prep time does Buzz and Woody have? Okay, look, they're going to lose. Okay. My number we'll nine. We'll draw. Moving on to number nine. What's your number nine? This is one that I'm going to get crapped on for. Okay. The film, uh, a classic of Mr. Matthew McConaughey, 2012's Mud. Mud? Yeah. <laughs> what is that about? It's Ty Sheridan's, one of his first movies when he's a kid. Cyclops. Yes, the, the artist formerly known as Cyclops. Yeah. So, like, these two kids go go on this island and meet, like, this this uh, guy that's on the run from the police. And he's I remember in, trailers. He's this. in love with Reese Witherspoon. Uh, There's your first all? mistake. Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember. Reese Witherspoon, she's, um... What movies is she in? She's in many movies. I know, but, like, is she... See, and no offense to you, Mrs. Witherspoon. She's, like, Legally Blonde and... Legally Blonde. Walk the Line. She's June. Walk the Line. Who is... What's another movie? I don't know what else you would know her from. <laughs> this means wars. Ah. Mm-hmm. That's one, yeah. Um, but anyway, so old Matthew McConaughey, he's always... Uh, he's in love with old Reese Witherspoon. She's always getting him in trouble. Well, he pretty much sends these kids in. Joe Dirt mixed up. Not Joe Dirt. What's the one... Uh, what? No, for some reason my brain just crossed what do you wired. Mean Joe Dirt? Mud and um, Drillbit Taylor. Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> Is that but on your list? Matthew McConaughey and Ty Sheridan's okay. uh, back and forth. Their relationship, the act. Ty Sheridan was fantastic. It's like he had like a backwards evolution in acting. Like when he was much younger, he was a much better actor. Or does he just have bad scripts now? That's true. That's true. But he was so good. And him and Matthew McConaughey bouncing off each other. Once again, this is completely performances based, and it's completely. Uh, I mean, Matt, Michael Shannon has a little part, and he does good, but uh, Matthew McConaughey and Ty Sheridan, right? Huh? Shaw. Uh, he is. That's odd. Right? Yeah, he's yeah. odd. Um, but, yeah, it's a very good movie. Very good movie, sir. Matthew McConaughey's performance. Impeccable. Exquisite. Ty Sheridan's... He didn't even make your... Ty Sheridan's performance, even better. Matthew McConaughey didn't even make your honorable mention. I think he did. Top 10 act. Go back and listen. Okay, he didn't. That's a plug. That's right? my bad. Wow. Um, let me see here. Are you done? Yes, sir. My number nine, once again, basic boy over here. My number nine is Avengers Infinity War. Dude, you gotta stop. You, even you like Avengers Infinity I think Infinity it's a good War. movie. It's not, no. You're gonna be very upset with the remainder of this list. How many MCU movies are we going I'm not telling you. Over five? Not over five. Over two more. I'm not going to spoil anything. 
But uh, I there's another one. No shame. I will say Disney basically owns my soul. If you go off a lot of this, but uh, anyway, uh, number nine is Avengers: Infinity War. No shame in this one. I think you and like a 14 year old. Have the yeah, there's, same a, there's a kid like oh my god, movie. Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> Buzz Lightyear and Iron Man. <laughs> this guy's so cool. I posted this on DeviantArt. No, yeah. Um, or what is it now? I don't know. I have no TikTok. idea what you're talking about. It's going to be quite a few TikToks about this. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Okay, Avengers Infinity War. I feel like most people agree that it is better than Endgame. Mm-hmm. And Endgame has a lot of high highs, but Avengers Infinity War is very consistent throughout. Uh, one thing I really love about this is that the Russo brothers, who I still think to this day are the best directors that the MCU has ever had, Mm-hmm. They are. Um, I'm not saying that like entire body of work. I'm saying like the movies they've produced for the MCU, they're the best directors. Okay. Um, I think that you know they, this is like this is really the Thanos Iron Man show and all the other. But they do such a good job of taking the rest of the ensemble. Like this is a movie that on paper should not work. You have like five different storylines going on. You have people in space, people on Earth, people you know just everywhere in different areas of space even and they make it work they bring it all together and then um the fighting is incredible the battle on titan between thanos and you know the avengers there this was the movie that made me actually be like oh dr strange is actually awesome like i didn't mind him in his own movie but he's really cool here uh spider-man he you know he has a really great emotional moment that's one of my only kind of downsides i think spider-man acts a little too kitty in this movie but that's not doesn't ruin the movie for me. But Robert Downey Jr. I think is incredible in this as Iron Man. I think this is to this day Chris Hemsworth's best performance as Thor. He really um, he gets to have the jokey moments, but also like the moments with when he's talking to Rocket and he's like, you know, are you sure about this? Like you're not gonna be able to beat this guy. And he's like, what more do I even have to lose at this point? And it's mm-hmm. like, man, it really weighs heavy. And then I think still probably the most hype moment, other than a moment maybe later on, on this list and the MCU is when Thor shows up in Wakanda to save everybody. And then the real cherry on top of this entire Sunday is Thanos. This The Russo brothers have said, this is Thanos' movie. I think Josh Brolin really, like, and I say this with no sort of like, ooh, I don't know. I think Josh Brolin propelled himself to one of the all-time great movie villains of all time with this. Mm-hmm. I think that Thanos is a character that in lesser hands, such as maybe Josh Whedon's hands, would have been like such a goofy character or a character you couldn't take seriously. And they literally made you from the moment he shows up, he like one shots the Hulk basically without even using the stones. And you just take this guy seriously throughout the entire movie. And he, I, even if I don't agree with this, they did such a good job with this character. And there was a large sect of the internet culture that was like, well, maybe Thanos was right. And it became kind of like a movement of like, well, you know, I agree with Thanos. I think Thanos had the right idea. And I just think this movie took took the world by storm. I think that everybody was talking about it. They they had guts to go for the ending they went for. And even though people were like, well, we know they didn't really kill these characters off. It doesn't matter. When you're in there in the theater and everybody's getting dusted, it, yeah. it, you're not thinking about, well, we know Spider-Man has another movie lined up. And we know Black Panther is not. When you're 14 years old and you're watching this film. You liked this movie. When I do think it's it. good. No, but, I think it's good. Yeah, it's a. It's just. I stand by it. And. That's why it's my number nine. But more importantly, who do you think wins in a fight? The combined... No, we'll say the main character in this movie, Thanos. Versus Mud. Versus Mud. Mud put it on him. You think, okay, does, what powers does Mud have? He's got the power of true love. Does 
<gasps> He's got a pistol? Okay, let me ask you a question. It comes down to this. Yes. I've got it. No, I've got it. Both um, Ty Sheridan's character and Reese Witherspoon are about to be crushed by Thanos. Mm-hmm. He's got them. Mud's putting it on him. Mud's going to tune him up, dude. Do you it's, think... The Hulk scene with Thanos? That'd be what Mud was doing reverse. to Thanos. Yeah. Because the thing, he's got to be able to close his fist. He can't close his fist if Mud breaks his finger. That's what right. I'm saying. Uh, Mud would put it on. Do you think Mud would be willing to sacrifice Reese Witherspoon to gain access to the power of the Soul Stone? Yes. I think oh, he's going I there. I think he's one. <laughs> so, that's that's two for zero for you. Right. Uh, Mud beats Thanos in a one-on-one <laughs> fight. As long as he's he's enraged by the the danger of Reese Witherspoon, which I and think young all, young Tasha and young Tasha, which any of us I think oh, could be brought yeah. to a, a Thanos defeating rage with that. But your number eight, please. Um, another more modern classic, two thousand tens True Grit. Uh, this movie to me blew my mind mm-hmm. because I knew you know Jeff Bridges, Matt Damon. I always forget it's Matt Damon. I think he like does such a good. He's job. fantastic. Uh, Haley Steinfeld mm-hmm. is incredible for being so young, especially. Yeah, I mean just in general, but yes, especially especially mm-hmm. for that. Um, but the thing to me is the character is so iconic. You know, the John Wayne Rooster Cogburn. Rooster Cogburn. I'm saying, I know his name, buddy. I was going to say, dude. But I'm saying, like, John Wayne, you know what I'm saying? John Wayne's portrayal of that character. That's To me, that's John Wayne's role. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is the personifying role of John Wayne. I mean, right behind Genghis Khan. Are you forgetting Genghis Khan? Um, Because that was the rallying cry of a generation. Exactly. Um, But, yeah, I think, and then Jeff Bridges, I hate to say it. Because John Wayne's so iconic, but Jeff Bridges just t- pulled his britches down and took a big old piss on John Wayne. This is two Jeff Bridges films yes, for you. Yes, sir. And uh, old Jeffy boy, he's the best Rooster Cogburn by far, in my opinion. He just, the way he carries himself, he's just such like a larger-than-life character in the movie. Mm. And then the crazy thing is he's such a larger-than-life character in the movie. Matt Damon does such a fantastic job of like um, showing his attributes on screen of like... Like oh, mas like super masculine. Oh, I, but really down deep insecurity. Yeah, of Labeef, and uh, um, he's just incredible. I don't think he gets enough credit for his role. Josh Brolin's awesome. Um, I just forget he's in the movie. Yeah, that's uh, Josh Brolin. But double O. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As old Tom Chaney. But listen to me. The the crazy thing. Listen. listen. You, you'll listen, or I'll break out the chains. No, <laughs> you want me to get mud in here? Uh, Haley Steinfeld for her to be in her. In scenes with these guys that are just larger than life, mm-hmm. specifically in these roles. <laughs> no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just laughing because I know what my next movie is. You're going to be hey, so pissed. Haley that. Steinfeld just holds her own. It is genuinely crazy to me. Like a girl oh, yeah. of that age to come in. And it's not like most of the time when they try to do that, like we're going to make this 12 year old girl stand up to U.S. Marshal Rooster Cogburn. Yeah. It's like you you literally walk out of the theater. But <laughs> walk out of the theater and shoot the <laughs> <laughs> to do with yeah, you walk out and burn the theater to the ground. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, like the, like Patriot style. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bar the door. But uh, no, she's fantastic, and it she sucks because really she never had. I mean, nothing like that ever again. But I think that's the Ty Sheridan that, effect as well. I think Ty Sheridan had. Here's the thing about Haley Seinfeld. I I think that have you seen Edge of Seventeen? Yeah, it's. I think she's pretty good. In she that. is very good. She, I mean, that's she's tough, never had. Though. She you know was. I mean, I'm pretty. Sure, wasn't she Oscar nominated for True Grit? No, because I think wasn't Timothy Chalamet the youngest Oscar nominee of all time or something. You may be right. 
I can't remember. She may be a. I mean, I do think it's she just may not tough. It's tough because she's like, you are elevated kind of by the performances around you. And I'm not saying that cheap. It's her performance, but I think it makes her stand out even more that it's like, man, she is going toe to toe with Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon and Josh Brown, like these just titans of acting. Yeah. That, uh, all are just incredible. Um, also, Barry Pepper. I don't want to leave him out. He's awesome mm-hmm. in that movie. Yeah. Oh, I think everybody. That, that's another one of those movies. And please correct me if I'm wrong. That's a Coen Brothers movie? Yes, sir. Okay. The Coens are so good about, like, casting. Mm-hmm. And they and not just the main people, like, the side characters, like, the little you, guys. You said Gore Bravinsky, right? That's who directed the film. It's not the Coen brothers, is it? It is the Coen brothers. It's not. Do you remember who Gore Bravinsky <laughs> yeah. is? Him and Jerry Brockheimer? Yeah, he's the first. The <laughs> yeah, no, it was the Coen brothers. Why are you? Wait a minute. I, I promise it was the Coen Brothers, but I'm saying I was making a joke that it was the Gore Bravinsky because he's the, the horrible. But go ahead. It genuinely is the Coen Brothers. Okay, I'm looking at the poster. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, anyway, no, I think that they do such a good job. They're masterful directors. I think to take a scene that is so iconic, such as the fill your hands, you son of a bee. You know? Hey, hey, hey. Watch your mouth. Careful. No, but, uh, <laughs> but to take that, which is like, even if you think it's corny nowadays, that John Wayne scene is like probably in the echelon of great film scenes in Hollywood. You know, mm-hmm. To take that and elevate it is oh, amazing. Yeah. They capture like the, the almost... I struggle to say like fairy tale quality of it, but there is, I think almost like a bit of like an underlying kind of like, Oh man, like there's almost, it's almost like a folk tale, maybe more so than a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. But like, uh, especially with the ending and like, I mean, I guess spoilers for all these movies, but how it says like, you know, he carried her and then shot his horse and carried her and all this stuff. Um, great movie. He, and Jeff Bridges is so funny in that movie. Like he's underratedly funny. Like when, uh, LaBeef bites down on his tongue and he's like, even after LaBeef severs his tongue, he still spills the banks of English or something. Yeah. Like, let me find an exact quote because I don't want to. It's funny too because like that. Uh, I got it for you. Good. I am struck that LaBeef is shot, trampled, and nearly severs his tongue and not only does not cease to talk, but spills the banks of English. <laughs> yeah, he's just so good. And like, it's a choice too. Like that that accent for Rooster Cogburn, like... In a lesser actor's hands, that's going to be so annoying. A certain person that we know says, That movie sucks. The accents, you can't even understand what they're saying. Well, they're wrong. Uh, it's like, that's probably what, first of all, people sounded like yeah. back then. But, I mean, just the fact that he went for it and nailed that. Heck, dude. Great movie. Great movie. Good choice. Um, Man, I mean, let me tell you, you're just going to be pissed. They're out the most of my list. Right. Uh, because you had True Grit, my number eight film. Remember, it's my favorite. Yes, sir. it's not. Is uh, Tangled. <laughs> I, dude, I love Tangled. It's a good movie. It's a great. It to me, it's a great movie. It's my favorite Disney movie. I think that it, um, it was so overshadowed. So you went from fourteen year old boy to nine year old girl. It's me. uh, it was so overshadowed by frozen and it makes me mad all the time it's such a better movie than frozen like it's not even close but no but i think that rapunzel is a great character i think that the animation is incredible at the time i'm pretty sure it was the most expensive movie ever made uh just because of like something to do with like the art style Mm -hmm. that they use or something like that correct i could be wrong but um i really love her character 
I, it's it's a great Disney movie. It's a great family film. I love the songs. They're very catchy. Uh, Flynn Rider, I think, is one of the best Disney characters ever. He's very funny. Zachary Levi does such a good job with him. Uh, I think the villain is really good because Mother Gothel, not only is she like kind of an imposing force, but she... Do you know that the original idea for Tangled was that... Um, I don't know if you remember how Tangled opens up, but it shows her steal the baby and run off into the tower and stuff. They originally were going to have the movie open with Rapunzel in the tower, seeing the lights and being like, oh, mom, I want to go see the lights. And then Mother Gothel was going to be like, no. And then when she got to the town and saw the picture of the baby who had been kidnapped, she was going to be like, what the heck? And then that was going to be the when the plot twist was going to be that Mother Gothel wasn't her real mom and she was kidnapped mm-hmm. and stuff. That would have been so much better. Yeah. It does kind of suck they didn't do that, but... I stand by like I think it's genuinely funny. I've I've watched it recently and I laugh every, like at all the jokes. I think that Maximus and Pascal are really good little side characters for The um, twins are pretty good ones. Twins are cool. Um You know my biggest conundrum when watching that movie though? What? I always think, you know, Mother Gothel's a baddie. Right. But she's a fatty. <laughs> Is she? She's not fat. I mean, isn't that like a term for like attractive? Fatty? <laughs> dude what is dude. wrong with you I, like, I said baddie baddie means what is wrong with you what's the I see why they call it a baddie it's talking about a butt right? yes yeah well I stand by you're the whitest person I've ever met <laughs> isn't but, Justin Timberlake the one who says that that guy's white listen to me are you ready my conundrum when watching the film not to interrupt you is after the transformation are you still taking her out for a steak dinner? She's literally like degrading into dust? Yeah, I think I'd still... I mean, what's a $12 steak? <laughs> I, mean, come on, I mean, let's see where this goes. Yeah, right. We got, what, three seconds until you you wither away? And That's dust? like The Witcher, Jennifer before. I'm like, look, dude. I haven't seen it, but I'll take your word. What's stopping you? Isn't she like, oh, God. Yeah, yes. Well, everybody deserves love. True. <laughs> Uh, I do think this is one thing I'm going to poke a little bit of fun at this movie that I love. The two biggest things are that one, could Flynn Rider not have gone a little lower down before he cut her hair forever that she can't grow anymore? Cause like she went from having long luscious hair to literally like she like just having like a bob basically. So good job on that. Um, and then my other complaint is, so we're, we're taught or we're told in the movie, mother Gothel is evil. Because she takes the flower and keeps it for herself, right? Mm-hmm. She hides it from everybody. But then the king and queen take the flower and literally destroy it to make a drink so the queen can get better. So they took... If Mother Gothel is selfish for hoarding it to herself, the queen is even more selfish for destroying it so that she can drink it and be okay. So if anything, they're all selfish people. But... No, I, I do think... Especially even if you disagree with the fact that it's like a Disney movie, you do have to commend like... The artistry of it. Like, the the fact that they animated each individual strand of her hair. The fact that, like, it's just so well done. It, it's, it still holds up. I think it'll continue to hold up. I think where even movies like Frozen are kind of showing a little bit of their age because, like, the, the choice of style they did with, like, the bigger eyes and stuff like that isn't going to hold up as well. I think that Tangled is still maintaining its, its good look. I think the story is significantly better than Frozen. And Hot Take, I think the songs are better than Frozen. I would rather watch a dog piss on a goat than watch Frozen, so it doesn't matter to me. I've won. Now, here's the real question. My number eight and your number eight. Rapunzel. Against Rooster Cogburn. Against Rooster Cogburn. 
I believe. How much do you think her healing hair plays into this? I think old Rooster says, "I ain't gonna kill no woman." And then she goes, she just wants to see the world, so she's like, "Oh, you, you know," my, she thinks he's a ruffian. Rooster turns his gun on himself to prevent him. He'd to kill, kill himself. Her. I don't think he'd kill. Because remember, we just said <laughs> we just said incapacitate. So oh. I think an incapacitation could just be like, "You want to go hang out?" Let's get carried away here. I think Rooster I don't would be think like, Rooster I'll show you be, man's world or whatever. Well, I, I don't sense. believe he'd be a friend with uh, old Rapunzel's. I, don't, I think he would. I think he'd defend her. I think he'd her, escort her. If he to, came across her being attacked, he'd, he'd say, you know, no. But other than that, I they, think, yeah, I think they'd be fast friends. They ain't going to be. They ain't going to be friends. I think as soon as she got past the drunken rage, I think that. All right, son. So you're on number seven? I believe I will. Okay. My number seven. I'm in a lot. This will for sure be a longer episode, but I like. I'm in a lot of 2010s here. Okay. 2012, I believe. It's own. 2012, starring John Cusack. No, Lawless. Lawless. Have you ever seen that? Remind me of who this is. Tom Hardy. Uh huh. Shia LaBeouf. Uh huh. Jason Clark. Mm hmm. Is it the one about the brothers? Gary Oldman. Mm -hmm. Jessica Chastain. All brothers. Yes. Yes. Guy Pearce. That is this cast is insane. That's a great cast. Yeah, um, obviously Tom Hardy and Shia LaBeouf, still the show, mm -hmm. country style. Um, country style. I mean, they're literally. I think I've seen this clips from this movie before. Virginia, I've shown you clips of it for yeah. sure. They're Virginia moonshiners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, all coming back to me. Fantastic acting mm -hmm. throughout. There's no. It's almost. It's very. Um, Thrones reminiscent of like Game of Thrones. Yeah, not in anything other than the fact that like there's no character where you're like there's there's no character where does it end poorly? All right, dude, shut the. Does it start off extremely promising and then end? No, it's very good movie throughout. But I'm just saying, like, there's no even the side characters when they have interactions with the big actors. It's like, oh, there's no like performance drop. It's a fantastic Shia LaBeouf and Tom Hardy's back and forth after Shia LaBeouf gets it put on him and. And Tom, he's expecting Tom Hardy to be like, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it for you, Shia. And Tom Hardy says, look, buddy, as long as you're my brother, you can never let this happen again. What a good motto for the Oh Brother Let's Talk Now podcast. Yeah, I'm going to start saying that to you at every beginning of the episode. Look, I saw your list last episode. As long as you're my brother, you can never let this happen again. Sorry. Um, I'll do my best. Man, it's it's just filled with great quotes. Um it's not, uh, old Tom Hardy says, you know, it's not the violence that sets a man apart. It is the distance that he is prepared to go. I mean, dude, it's a fantastic. What about the line where they go, and who has a better story than Jessica Chastain, the broken? Yes, exactly. If that's in there. <laughs> he just slams <laughs> your hand into the, oh, so it sound great on the, on the audio feed. I mean, it's incredible. Look at that spike. Heck yeah, brother. I mean, it's a fantastic movie. Tom mm -hmm. Hardy and Shia LaBeouf stills the show, which mm -hmm. is crazy in a film with Tom, old mm -hmm. Tom Hardy. I mean, the whole cast. And Jason Clark is also incredible. I don't want to leave him out. Out of the Bondurant brothers, he's the least shining, but mm -hmm. not by much. I mean, he's incredible. Uh, Gary Oldman does his thing, as always. I mean, old Gary. Old he Gary. Did. The fact that he wasn't in my top ten actors kind of makes me upset me too. myself. Yeah. Old Gary, he just don't. The goose eggs don't come around. No. Old Gary. He, like, I, I don't know if he's ever had a performance that was anything less than great. I agree. Yeah. Is that all of yours? Before um, I continue. Jessica Chastain is also fantastic. Yeah. I do want to say that. She, um, 
you feel bad for her throughout the movie and uh but in a way you see her regain her strength it's, it's a great character arc as well and oh i hate um freaking uh i'm blanking on his name the bad guy uh guy pierce guy pierce hate him in that movie which means he did a fantastic job yeah he's one of my least favorite villains in any movie but in a good way. In a good way. Like, I hate him so He's much. such a good actor. He is fantastic. And he gets left out of the list of great actors. I think so, too. I think because he's the kind... I think he's an actor who takes roles that he thinks will be fun sometimes, and that backfires. Iron Man 3? Yeah. Dog trash. But... but not his fault. Right. Uh, what was that one he did where he, like, went to space? Or was that? Uh, yeah, and and he like uh, protecting the president's daughter in space or some weird. That that has one good part where he's like being interrogated. And he's like, he's like, I gave it to. He's like, I, he's like, all right, all right. I gave, I gave the codes to my informant. It's like, it's like, who was it? Who was it? He's like, it's it's a it's a man. You'll find him on the street. He's, he's a Chinese fellow. His name's F U. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is good. It's pretty good. But um, before I continue with my list, do you remember that movie with Brad Pitt? They're brothers, and the one goes to war, and then they uh, all go. Oh, I, I was almost on my list. I'm trying to remember what it's called. And Anthony Hopkins is the dad. Yes, crap. What in the dude? This and they is, all like the girl. Yeah. But then, why can I not think of what this? And is? And he dies fighting a bear or something. Yes. Dang it! And the dude, the one son looks brother ex- bear. <laughs> Shut up. The one son looks exactly like Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, and they're not related, and it's insane. Uh, and they all, they I all, explain this to do. <laughs> <laughs> they all fall for the same woman. Yes. What in the freak is it called, dude? What's the song that plays in Brother Bear when they're getting turned That's into the what animals? It is. Yes, dude. What in the crap? It's Phil Collins, right? He's like, they're spinning up in the air, and he's like, "This is gonna kill me if I don't remember what this." Joaquin movie. Phoenix is the main character. Yes, Joaquin Phoenix is in it. Um, in Brother Bear. Yes, exactly. Legends of the Fall. Legend of the Fall. I was thinking a river runs through it, which is also a Brad Pitt brothers movie, but that's a fly fishing. He's, he's done a lot of brothers. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? The Coens better look out. Yeah, the Coens better uh, duck down if they know what's good for them. But anyway, um, no, that's a good movie too. So I think you'll actually respect this one a, a little bit more. Gosh, um, well, it couldn't get any worse. My, so. my number seven is Jurassic Park. I respect that more than the rest of your list. I think Jurassic Park is one of the greatest movies ever made. Mm. I think that um, that one is one that it's on my list of my favorite movies. And I would, I mean, it would 100% be on my list of, I think, like I said, the greatest movies of all time. I think that it pioneered special effects. It, you know, rocketed the, the summer blockbuster. It... It's just such a good movie. It's got great CG. Like a lesser movie would go, we have amazing CGI. We have amazing, amazing action set pieces. We, we have, have amazing. We got amazing, <laughs> we got amazing action set pieces. Is that pieces. amazing Asian actors? Yes. Amazing. We got amazing uh, director in Steven Spielberg. We have all this amazing stuff, like new technology, blah, 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 blah. And you could easily just rest your laurels on that. And she'd be like, that's what we got. Just like put Avatar. Them I think Avatar is not a bad movie, not bad actors, but it's a lot of like, oh well, we'll let the technology do this time yeah. before. Jurassic Park also has fantastic characters and performances. And I think that it's what the Jurassic World movie and we're we're gonna do it. we did an episode with our mom, but we gotta re record it. We're we're gonna talk more in depth about this, so I don't wanna go too in depth about what makes Jurassic Park amazing. But 
that these characters feel so human. Uh, Dr. Alan Grant feels like a guy that you could bump into on the per- street. Particularly the raptors. Yes. They're very human to um, me. Yeah. That I felt really, so Especially akin. the one that went, Alan. But that's yeah. in a different movie. Uh, but no, like you, you relate to these guys. My favorite character, Dr. Ian Malcolm. They all are just so good. And they're all like, they feel so real. Like that's the best thing I can use to describe them. Uh, and they all have such great growth. Other than the lawyer. Which is funny because in the books, the lawyer actually is uh, one of the, the good heroes. But, I mean, Ian Malcolm, he seems kind of like this snooty kind of jerk who seems kind of self-centered and flirty and all this other stuff. And then you see that, no, he's a good man. He sacrifices himself to try to help the kids. The amazing, awesome story like of the fact that Dr. Grant hates kids, wants nothing to do with kids, and then he's the one who stuck with the kids. And, dude, to me... Personally, one of the great for one of my greatest movie moments of all time, if I had made my own personal list, is when she's like, "They left us! They left us!" and he grabs her and goes, "That's not what I'm gonna do." Like, dude, just, T-Rex yes, him. the T Rex, dude. That scene alone, I feel like Jurassic Park could just be the T Rex scene, and that's enough to go. Well, that's one of the best movies ever made. Like, it's so good. Dude. Like, I, I'm not joking, dude. That Jurassic you're saying Park, if it was a three minute film, I'm saying that 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 t- maybe that's a bit of a hyperbole, <laughs> but I think that that T Rex enclosure scene is incredible. I think that there are movies that have triple the budget that will never capture the magic of that moment. I agree. I think that the fact that it's a robot, the fact that the that when the thing when the glass breaks through and that's real and the kids did not expect it to fall. <laughs> the T Rex is a cyborg. Yeah, dude. Like that even for real. I think still running around Cuba. Like Wait, that. I thought it was like a thing where they got the DNA out and cloned them. They're robots. Yeah. I'm being for real. Are you serious? Stop. I'm just kidding. No. You're saying because it's all animatronics. It's no, what it actually is is Dino DNA. Remember that? A lot of great moments, a lot of great characters. And now here's the real question. Yes, sir. Is Tom Hardy the main character of your movie? Yes. I would argue the T-Rex is the main character. Of no, Alan Grant versus Forrest Bonderon. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it real. Okay, let's... let's no, we are keeping it real. Well, we're going to keep it real, but let's, let's think about Battle Area. Where are they fighting? Forrest Bonnerot's doing better in uh, Jurassic Park than... I was not saying, but uh, let's think of it. What about a dig shot? Forrest Bonnerot is could lose his left arm and still beat Alan Grant fully armed. Okay, no, no. Please let me paint no this picture. No pun intended. So you've, you've, you've gone 3-0 right now. Actually, we're tied. So you yeah, I'm not giving you this one. I, let me ask you a question. Wait till later on. Let me on. ask you a question. So Tom Hardy's got Alan Grant on the ground, right? He's just pummeling him. And Alan Grant's like, oh, my God. You know, and you're like, gosh, man, Alan Grant, no. And he's like, and and he's like, he's like, and Tom Hardy, kind of a little arrogant. Forrest Bonderon. Leans forward and goes, what was that? And he goes, and he goes, one more time. Gets right up to him, dude. He's thinking, this whole time is done, dude. And that's when he pulls the raptor claw, dude, and just guts him, dude. And he goes, he goes, I said be mindful of the raptors. And then, All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give dude. you a little hint here. There's a part in the movie where Forrest Bonnerant gets his throat slit, and he closes I'm talking it. Gutted by a he raptor. closes it with his hand, and I'm talking a raptor and claw to the gut. You're not. You're spilling your Jacob. Guts out. A throat cut is worse than getting I'm your stomach cut. His guts out. No. And then to make matters worse, Forrest Bonnerant. Even then, you can say he's like, oh, he's holding his guts in. He's going. That's when he hears. This is. 
Clever girl. This is the more realistic. Let me ask you this. Who wins this, the fight? This is the more realistic version. So he walks up to the dig site and Alan Grant goes, oh, are you interested in dinosaurs? And Forrest Vonderhoff pulls a gun out and shoots him in the head. Okay, let me ask you this. I think this yeah. is a little more conflicted for you. The ranger from Jurassic Park. The Australian? Yeah. It's a good little toss-up. Still taking on I think Forrest. he blows his brains out with his shotgun, dude. Forrest Vonderhoff's locked and loaded, dude. Yeah, but he's using tactics. <laughs> True. I think it'd be a tosser. I'll give you the Australian. Now you, it's main character. So unfortunately, I think Alan Grant. I do think. Give me the raptor claw. Excuse me, so he's, got, he's got to hold his. Excuse me, sir. It's not do an you easy like? Victory. What it's do you think a, about? Uh, he's holding his gut. What do you think about Tyrannosaurus? He's holding his gut. And Forrest Bonnard's going to say, "Don't you ever touch me again." Pulls the gun out, saying, blows his brain. I think you're vastly out. underestimating the power of a surprise raptor claw. But so, what's your number six? My number six. This is going to be such a long episode. My one and only, surprisingly, my only Wes Anderson film on the old list. Your favorite director? Moonrise Kingdom. It's the... uh, Hotel one? No. It's the one where it's like two little kids that run off together. Yeah. One of them's a scout Mm -hmm. and the other one's a... Bill Murray. Yes. Bill Murray's in almost every one of the Wes Anderson movies. You're right. Ed Norton's the scoutmaster. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. He's really good in that yeah. movie. Bruce Willis is the police captain. It's a oh, fantastic movie. The little kids' performances are incredible. Isn't one of the it kids is, from the kid from Deadpool too? The little New Zealand. No, kid? that's Hunt for the Wilderness. Yes, sir. Forgive me. Go ahead. You're good. Um, but this is one. I know. I just got done saying I don't really care about cinematography. This is my favorite shot movie of all time. Mm-hmm. It's shot incredibly, and I mean, I know it follows the same Wes Anderson scheme, but because of the background and where it's shot. I think it's the most well shot uh, film of all time. His movies have such a distinct style. Yeah, I mean, like of probably of any director. I think like because even like a Scorsese, or yeah, even a Scorsese or a Tarantino or a Nolan or a Spielberg. Like they they have amazing things, but you could still be kind of like a. It could take you a minute to kind of be like, well, who directed this? You know, if you see a shot from a Wes Anderson movie, you're like, okay, it's Wes Anderson because he has such a distinct style. Oh, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think he is different from almost every other director mm-hmm. because of that. And it's it's not in a bad way. It's not repetitive, but every movie is shot almost the same. Mm-hmm. But the story, the performances and the story is so is told so well that it's it's not. Uh, it never becomes lackadaisical or boring. Mm-hmm. But I just think Wes Anderson's incredible. And he did Fantastic Mr. Fox, right? Mm-hmm. That's another, like, that man, that's another great one. That is incredible. That almost made, I almost put that instead of Moonrise Kingdom, but Moonrise Kingdom is just... I think the performance I, is... Yeah, good. and it was just so much, like, it was so... Um, it was almost like I was... At, Almost out of body thing, just like mm-hmm. so locked into the movie. I think yeah. it's fantastic. It, I, yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's a great choice. I think that, uh, like you said, especially the performances. I think I'm really glad. And time flies now, so I don't know exactly how old this movie is, but I am really glad that Bruce Willis got to like. You know, we're also sad to hear about the news about him. So I'm glad that you know mm-hmm. that he's got another awesome performance for his resume. I think this is a great one. Oh to look yeah, back he's on. awesome. Man. Um, Ed Norton, like you said. Pfft, He's incredible in this movie. Um, yeah, I, good pick overall. See, now you're trying to make me feel bad here because one of yours, I'm like, dude, 
They no, seriously. They need I to put you in the daycare center. I think about now. You, why don't you just get on this small world and get out of here? <laughs> oh, God. You let them small world creatures eat you alive. <laughs> Remember that book we had? Yeah. What's, oh. your, what's your number seven, youngin? Well, it's actually my number six. I mean six, sorry. Um, I can tell by the face you're making. I'm not going to be asking. Let's just keep chicken, chicken, chicken. Let's keep the, the Walt Disney train rolling. Uh, Are you for real? Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. I mean, that's that's acceptable. Incredible movie. Oscar it's nominated. Movie. It's a very good movie, yeah. that And once again, this was the one I was referring to earlier when I said Toy Story. You know, I think there goes my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Toy Story uh, gets kind of lumped up with the franchise, which is not bad, but... We've actually been rewatching the part of the Caramion movies, and I'll first off Caramion, Caramion, <laughs> you got any Caramion in here? <laughs> Get out of here! First we, it's a small world. First we had Amazians, and now we Amazians. got Caramion. Uh, a couple of caramel men running around. We got Brad Pitt doing brothers, or whatever. No, Guy Pearce doing brothers or something. <laughs> yes, sir. And now some Caramion. It was Brad Pitt, but yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, no, I, we've been rewatching the series and first off, I think the second one does not need to be lumped with the third, which definitely does not need to be lumped with four and five. I think that the, but the first one, which is the one that's on my list here and, uh, it is incredible. It is I very think good. that the performances are amazing. Rewatching it, everybody talks about Johnny Depp and they should. And I'm going to actually say, but for Orlando last. Bloom. Save him for last. I do think Orlando Bloom is good. I think Kira Knightley is really good. Mm-hmm. But the one that I think gets swept under is Jeffrey Rush. He is very good. He's so good, dude. I would if, disagree with you in not in what you're saying at all. I think Jeffrey Rush is fantastic, but I do think Johnny Depp separates himself. But go ahead. No, no, I'm saying just I'm saying I'm saving him for last because he needs to be talking okay, about okay, of his own okay. thing. Because here's the thing, Johnny Depp. He he. Johnny Depp took Pirates, and I think this is something that we often forget now because Jack Sparrow has become almost like such ingrained in our cult, pop culture. But Johnny Depp took the image of Pirates and turned it into something entirely different. Like right. He changed what we look and think of Pirates now. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Rush is that classic embodiment of like, you know, Treasure Island Pirate. Yeah. Like, he's so good in this movie. I don't know why I, I just yell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah! You're darn right. No, but, um, I think he's fantastic. I think that um, he's such a good villain. He's such a good foil to Jack Sparrow. He he steals so many scenes. Jeffrey Rush does, and he he goes toe to toe with Jack. Like they their scenes back and forth are great. Their dialogue back and forth is great. His laughter, which is a weird thing to point out, is just so good. Like his deep, hearty pirate, mm-hmm. like ha ha ha. ha kind of sound like you're you're. This is you asking Jeffrey Rush. All Jeffrey, please come on here. He's like, I can take like, y'all into a small world. <laughs> you're like, his, his laughter <laughs> takes me to the different It's a real pirate to the caravan over here. <laughs> no, but um, anyway. And then another character that this rewatch really made him stand out to me is Commodore Norrington. Yeah. I think good. he's awesome. I think he has a great arc throughout the movies as well. But I think he's a really good character. But, you know, we could. R.I.P. that, that actor's uh, young nephew passed. What if he really did? You're going to feel real mean. Yeah, you know? I'm just but kidding. That's all jokes. The, this is another movie. I think just like we were talking earlier about how what the Coen brothers did. And it's funny because at first you're like, Gore Verbinski sucks, whatever. We brought this exact point up. But I think another great thing about these movies is how well cast the little side characters are. I think the two guards that are on the dog are really good. I love their banter back and forth. Um, but let's address the elephant in the room. The good elephant in the room. Jack Sparrow. When a character 
I don't think in our lifetime there has ever been a character that has just shot through into pop culture like Jack Sparrow has. I think Deadpool kind of almost got there. I think that um, a few other characters have come a little, like I have just barely kind of like nipped at the heels of that. But I think Jack Sparrow just blew up. I think that that is a role that is cemented in pop culture forever now. Mm -hmm. I think that he steals every scene he's in. And the crucial thing about this movie is he's not really the main character. So it's the the story itself doesn't hinge on Jack. It's kind of happening around him and he's he's doing what he does best, which is working with, you know, the cards he's dealt. Such a such an in-depth great character. I love the the mystery of Jack Sparrow. The little details such as the fact that he kept the shot that Barbosa gave him whenever he kept the, like he threw him on the island and he's going to use it on Barbosa. There's just so many awesome intricacies to him. And that's even before Johnny Depp got his hands on the role and just turned it into what it is now. I challenge you, and I think we've talked about this before, the next time you watch Pirates of the Caribbean, just watch Jack, the entire movie, and it's he's entertaining. Even if he doesn't have a single line of dialogue in a scene, he's in the background doing something. He's mm-hmm. being funny. He's interacting with the character. And as a final thing before we move on... Uh, Maybe not exactly Curse of the Black Pearl, but in Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest has the best blooper reel in the history of film. I agree. The, the governor or whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, so let's move on to this. Numero cinco. Who's the main character of uh, uh, Moonrise Kingdom? The little guy, I guess. The little guy? Yeah. Which guy? The kid? Yeah. Jack Sparrow. The little Sam. Versus little Sam. I'm going with old Jack. And I think reluctantly, he doesn't like to kill. Yeah. But when he knows it's his only way out. It's... He does. He makes it quick for little Great Sam. sword fights, too, on Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, they are like good. Really... And the CGI holds up really well. Uh, another quick side note. Davy Jones, it's insane that character's like over 15 years old. He looks incredible. But, so yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. And that's my first victory in the death battle, too. I agree. Jack just, I think he's merciful. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to prolong this suffering. I think he goes... A quick slitter. I think he goes, turn around, boy. Yeah, he says, Sammy. And he's probably not saving that shot anymore. He probably has another gun and he just... He says, Sammy, close your eyes. Sammy, close your eyes. <laughs> think, of the, think of the rabbits. He, no, he says, Sammy, I'm going to let you live. Just walk walk on that side of the ship as soon as he turns around and blows his head off. Completely off topic. Okay. No, never mind. Okay, my number five. Before you say your number five, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. And I'm good either way. We got about an hour of podcast right now, and I'm leaving this in. Mm-hmm. Do you think we make this a two-parter? Yes, sir. You really do? You think this should be a two-parter? Like wait and release it next week or week after next. So the this the episode that would come out tomorrow or today when the listeners listening would be episode would be our top ten favorite movies of all time, ten through six, and then two weeks from now they would get five to one. Do you think that's how we should do it? You're the podcast guy. I'm asking you. You're my co-host. We, no, this is mutual. Co- this is a brother. Let's talk. You're calling the shots here. Shall we flip a coin? We shall flip a coin. Should I go ask my wife? Get Let's a flip opinion? a coin. Where's a quarter? How much have you ever lost on a coin cost? I need to know what I stay in the game. Oh, God. So heads, we stay and face this podcast. Tails, we run tail and run. All right, good one.
Alright. Extra long episode. Yeah. Are you sure. satisfied? What did you, this is what I always tell people when we put coins. What did you hope it was when it was in the air? I didn't have any. I was impartial. Full I mean, in. I'm fine with either one. I just don't know how well a two-parter would do. How do you we'll think people would react to that? I think you, people like longer podcasts. Okay. Alright. So let's do it. So, so your number five is Prisoners. <gasps> Dude. I think just, um, you know, Prisoners is a good old, I believe it's a 2013-er. I got a lot of 2010 to 2017-ers in here so far. The, Actually, every the, single one. That era was good for you. It was. And well, so. I was growing up, mm-hmm. so, you know. Um, but I think if this was just, if Hugh Jackman's was the only fantastic performance, it would still make my top ten favorite movies. Because mm-hmm. that's just the kind of performance he has. So good. Oh, it's so real. It's so mm-hmm. invigorating, but it's like, this is how I expect someone would actually act. Yeah. Like, it's, like that's another movie, and... yeah. That's another movie where it's like, you get lost in it. And mm-hmm. it's like, I think this is really happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Jake Gyllenhaal, who is almost as good as Hugh Jackman. In the so movie. good. Fan-freaking-tastic. The scene in the office where he realizes that he just has no idea what... Yeah. But like, I think that's another... Um, a credit to the acting in this movie is like... There's no character that makes me break that little, you know, click in my mind of like, holy crap, this is real right now. Mm-hmm. So and like Viola Davis is awesome. Um, Terrence Howard is very good. Paul oh, Dano yeah. is fantastic. Paul Dano. Terrence is Howard is very believable as the dad that maybe wasn't ready to go through with all yeah. this. And you can't blame blame him. him at all. Yeah. Like, who plays his wife? Viola Davis. Who play, I mean, Hugh Jackman's wife. Um, Melissa Leo. I don't. I'm not okay. real. Familiar. And then who plays the villain? Spoilers. Paul Dano. Who plays like the? I mean. The, oh. Um. Because she's amazing too. I want to make sure we say her. Let's see if I can find the old girl. Oh, it is Melissa Leo. Maria Bello is Hugh Jackman's wife. I was thinking for a second. I was like, no, the, the Hugh Jackman's wife is the the wife from Grown Kevin James' wife from Grown Ups. So I saw. Do you think it's the same universe? So yes, he Kevin James divorced her, and then they had a set of kids. But no, Melissa Leo's the the real bad, Amazing. the real villain. She, yeah, that whole scene is like. The whole movie is just from start to finish. Your blood is pounding the entire time. Like you're just like, no, no, gosh, gosh, no. yeah. Like it's so good, and like you're filled with such an, a sense of dread, and even so much so that like even when he gets to the girls, and it's like he's done it. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> like it's still... exactly. And the David Destmacian Dema- D- guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. He's in Dune. Yes. He's in Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. He creeps me out. He's he's good, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're a good actor, sir. But you he's would, also in the you Dark Knight. Creep right? me out. That's what I said. He he's in the Dark Knight. Yeah. Ant Man. I didn't know that, but yeah. Yep. He's a schizophrenic in the Old Dark Knight. That's my number three movie on my list. No, I'm kidding. Do what? <laughs> You're going out of order. You devil. Um, but yeah, this is just incredible performances. It's. It's another one where it's hard to be like. It's written very well, but the acting is so much better than the writing, mm-hmm. and the writing is fantastic mm-hmm. as well. But I'm just saying, these guys just took it to a different level. I think, especially, and we, me and you, what like heck? I feel like, hey, what? you could have got your <laughs> point across without saying heck, dude. Come on. <laughs> um, I think that me and you watch this scene probably ten times a year. Uh, is the scene of them in the car? 
Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal where he's like yelling like you know she's look every day she's wondering where I am yeah not like, you Golly, but dude. me yeah like, it just feels so real and then I also think that like and we talk about this I feel like every time we bring this movie up Hugh Jackman's character one hundred percent in the right that's what you got to oh, do oh I agree yeah. to take care of your kid that's what you're gonna do dude um. Because Paul Dano knew. He knew where they were. Like, it wasn't like, a, well, maybe he's wrong. Yeah. And if he hadn't got there, who knows what would happen. Agreed. And then I kind of like that they leave it ambiguous over, like, because Jake Gyllenhaal, you see him turn around and, like, you kind of can barely hear the whistling. Uh, I know if he was in Tennessee, that ain't man. That man ain't seeing the inside of a jail cell. Oh, yeah, no chance. We'd overthrow the government for that. Yeah. I don't remember where this movie's set, but down here. It was saying like You're Texas safe, old gal. or Texas. I mean, they would have made a mayor or whatever. Yeah, he would have been governor by the end. Yeah, that guy would be straight to the White House at that point. No, but um, no, just I agree. Great, great movie. And it's um, remind me, who's the director? Um, let me give her a look. I'm gonna be honest. I was unsure of that. Um, I feel like he went on to do something pretty massive. Dennis Vela. Villeneuve or something. Look at what his resume because I almost am certain that's the guy who's doing Dune. Now. It is, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce his name though. Dennis Villeneuve. Well, we may not know how to pronounce your name, but we know how to appreciate your movie. Yeah, so. you're fan- yeah, fantastic, fantastic director, and you were freaking snubbed at the Oscars last year. But Agreed. So it was a lot of people. <laughs> anyway, are you done? Um, yeah, I mean, I just once again, I, if it's in my top ten movies. It's going to be based on acting performances, mm-hmm. pretty much. Aside from Moonrise Kingdom, which also has fantastic uh, acting performances, but it's my favorite cinematography as well. Um, what are you about to say, dude? So, first off, great choice. Now, your movie features, man, two titans, right? You got Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal going to head to Yes. I mean, so many... But they seem to be friends for a little bit at the beginning. Please Almost stop. like they're working on the same what side. What is about to happen? Oh, I'm Captain America, Civil War. They started a war, dude. No. Number five. No. Captain America, Civil War. Dude. Other what than, the heck is wrong other with Other than you? what is coming up further down. Dude, I will fight tooth and nail for this, dude. The final scene, first off, you got the airport scene. That's every 14-year-old's dream of, oh my gosh, Spider-Man and War Machine and Ant-Man and, and Iron Man and Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch and Vision and Captain America and the Winter Soldier and Black Panther and all these people. Like, they're just fighting on a, like, it's incredible. That scene alone just blows your brain. Um, but even more importantly, I remember when this movie was coming out, everyone was like, well, why is it this an Avengers movie? This seems like Captain America. Why is it not the Avengers but this is the important <laughs> oh, yeah. thing. They don't lose that through line of Captain America's story from the Winter Soldier, which was almost here because the Winter Soldier is incredible. But I think this, seeing the continuation of that friendship of Bucky and Cap and the, where this movie really cements itself, like it's great. I think it's an Infinity War level all throughout the movie. Like, just great, great, great. Mm-hmm. The thing that really pushes it past, I think, like you talked about, is genuinely the performances. In particular, I think uh, the three main guys, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, and Sebastian Stan. Because that final scene where Baron Zemo has, like, which, first off, are also great villain, Baron Zemo. Just awesome. Not like a physical threat to the Avengers, but in a, a psychological and mental and tactical threat. 
But that whole finale where they, I mean, you got to admit, when you first watch the movie and you're seeing it, you're, they show these new super soldiers. Like, oh, there, there's a whole other branch of Winter Soldiers. You're like, well, that okay, that'll be the finale. Cap and Iron Man and Winter Soldier will fight these super soldiers that Baron Zemo is going to unleash. And then you get there and he's already shot him in the head. And it's like, holy crap. I'm, I'm ready to level with you here. I've never seen Captain America. You're lying. War. Promise. You're kidding, dude. Dude, like four of my movies you haven't seen. But this is like a big movie. Like a like a blockbuster. Anyway, so you don't know about like... Okay, so let me explain this. I'm, I'm about to pitch to you why this is so good. Are you listening? Yes, sir. So all throughout the movie... I can't believe this is the approach this is about to have to take. All throughout the movie, they keep talking about... The Winter Soldier's like, well, I know what Zemo's after. Because he keeps trying to get information from the Winter Soldier... And what it is is that there are more Winter Soldiers. In I'm gonna Siberia be real with you. I'm gonna be real with you. I don't. You're not about to explain this film to me. But they get there. This is the right. end of the movie. This yes. is the very end. Let me guess. They, what happened. Wait, can I guess? Mm-hmm. Good guy, Lucy. You think? But no. But no, hey, hey, hey. But bad guy look like he may be winning. No. Not done. Good guy overcoming. Nope. Not, not done. Two good guys do a little fighty. But it looked like maybe relationship irreparably. <laughs> but truly, Lee. What is this language? You ready? They come back together, Lee. Years later, first off. So it's not like the movie just fixes it at the end. No, I think if you genuinely have never seen this movie, the ending I'm of I'm not it, watching this movie. I'm, I'm, that's fine, but I'm saying the ending is amazing. It's not just like a well. We're secretly still friends. Iron Man finds out that the Winter Soldier murdered his parents. Yeah, I, and then I did co-write the film. Okay, and then they fight, and it's not. And dude, it's got those amazing lines. I could like, do this all day, Curtis. That's amazing. But then also when Iron Man, when he's like Tony, it wasn't him, and he just says he's like, I don't care. He killed my mom. It's like mm-hmm. okay, yeah, fair enough. And even better, dude, the line that I feel like nobody ever really talks about. When Iron Man's got the Winter Soldier and he's like about to murder him, and he says, "Do you even remember them?" and he says, "I remember all of them." It's like, dang, yeah. That's where you go, dang, dude. Old Bucky Barnes, it wasn't his fault. Dude. It's not his fault, and that's what's so heartbreaking. I'm not gonna lie. If I saw a video of someone murder my mother, yes, and here's the thing, no oh, one would blame you. God for doing himself that. is the only that's one the thing, that can and that's keep what's me hard from... is that no one, like you see, that happens to Iron Man. And you go, that's how anybody would react. You, right. But then at the same time, you're trying to look at it. You're trying to think. Well, wait, this is an MCU film. So they're never going to let anything too gritty happen. So Iron Man's not going to kill about? the Winter Soldier. But no, what this is that, dude, their friendship was destroyed. Dude. Okay. I see what you're saying. The MCU did take it to a new, <laughs> to a new grittiness level when friendships were destroyed. It is, dude. It's better than, it's more impactful for me than dead. The fact that, Dude. I'm saying the fact that these, you're like it's crazier that they let them stop going to Dunkin' Donuts together. No, listen, the fact that like they made it, they made it real. Like like it's not it's not ham fisted. It's not like the comics where it's obvious that like the guy locking superheroes up in a super super secret prison in another dimension is the bad guy. It's like no. You understand why Iron Man is fighting Captain America. You understand why Captain America is defending his best friend. You understand what Bucky's doing and all this. You understand why in the end, I mean, the craziest thing in the history of film happens, they stop being friends, dude. It's massive. How could you... I'm sorry. Wait. I didn't... 
I want to talk about it, but I can't even quantify it in my brain how incredibly drastic a moment it is. The fact that this all happens right before Thanos shows up. Right. God, I mean, Thanos almost is less impactful than them not being friends anymore. I see that I've lost you. So for all the all the true fans out there, you understand why I put this here. And more importantly, who's the main character of your movie? No, let's be real. Keller Dover, I believe is his name. From Prisoners? From Prisoners? Hugh Jackman Hugh from Prisoners? Ca- you think he's I, taking Captain I, I think he's America. taking the whole freaking Avengers one on however many. <laughs> you think that everyone battle swap it where it's just him running yeah, out of I'm saying if they got his his old daughter back there. He's got he's got a shower contraption that he keeps turning hot and cold <laughs> and just running at him. <laughs> I'm telling you this, I'm not kidding. If Captain America's got his daughter and he's got Why would he have her he's though? got that old claw hammer, I'm taking Keller all day. And he's going <laughs> And Captain Captain America's gonna be saying, Wait, we can't be friends anymore. So I win this one, obviously. So Are you kidding? What's your fourth movie? My fourth movie is the greatest okay, so like in sports it's like who has the greatest single season or single game? You know, who what's the Football player with the greatest single game uh, in NCAA history. I'd say maybe Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. when he went for 460 all-purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, the greatest single contribution by one actor, not one actor, one individual in a film is Mel Gibson to Braveheart. Director, uh-huh. leading role, one of the greatest performances in my opinion. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, they, they leave sound like a Scottish. And I say... Who freaking cares? He's incredible. Um, He's fantastic. Um, it's far and again his best performance, in my opinion. And I think he's incredible in a lot of movies. Mm. Um, he, man, it's just hard for me to even really. It's one of those where, like, if, yeah, it, like, it doesn't need. It's awe inspiring. It's It was yeah. one of the first movies I watched as a kid, being like, just the whole movie, I'm like, Holy crap, this is actually happening. Like, I'm getting to watch this crap. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It was so exciting to me. It was so... And I think it was one of the first times that I got to really... I was coming. I was at an age where I was, like, kind of understanding acting a little more. And, like, the fact that he, when he conveyed the emotions, like, they seemed genuine. And, and it wasn't, like, some overdrawn thing. Mm-hmm. And he has some of the best speeches in movie history. Oh, dude, yeah. Um, and just we're talking about old Mel, dude. This and the fact that he he balanced directing this and also being the leading. How do you like? Was he holding the camera kind of like he was like, like out? Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I I I'm. This is one of the all time great movies. I think if you're making a list, even not just favorite, but top ten greatest movies of all time, this has got to be on that list. I think that the battle scenes are incredible. I think that uh, the, like you said, the performance of Mel Gibson is amazing. Particularly, and I, we've talked about this before, I'm pretty sure, on the podcast, but the scene where he's like, they're like, ah, oh, this this savage, or whatever. And he says back to them in their own language, like, uh, or what does he say? This. When you're talking about the Latin. Yeah, and he says like this. I forget exactly what he says. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, I know exactly. When he says like this idiotic savage, he's like, I may be a savage, sir, but I'm not idiotic. And he's like, or do you prefer French? He doesn't say idiotic because clearly that wasn't a word. Also, it has the most, my favorite character in the movie is not even William Wallace though. 
Stephen the Irishman, dude. Mm-hmm. He's so memorable. He has like 10 lines. You remember my friend Alex Smith? Yeah. He loved that guy. I remember Stephen the Irishman. About that all the time. Dude, he's so good. God, that my friend Alex Smith, he this movie was like his his uh his Star Wars, it seemed. Like this was like I think he was the first kid I knew who got to watch it. And it was like all he talked about was how great this movie is. Oh, dude, Stephen the Irishman's so good in that movie. I didn't even think about that. That boosted it could have even went up to number three just because uh-huh. Stephen the Irishman like when he's uh you know, he talks about like uh an Irishman must talk to God to find his equal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he's talking to William Wallace and he's like, The Almighty tells me I I may be able to get out of this situation, but you you're, you're in you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're aft. Um it's so good. Oh yeah, great movie. Good job on the on a fourth pick. Yeah, it's a pretty respectable one. I won't four? even lie. That's my fourth one, and it's a it's a banger. I wish I had more words for it. It's just one of those you movies that like me, the biggest thing to me is just Mel Gibson. What a like heroic career defining mm-hmm. uh, performance. And I think you know it straight from the beginning. Like I remember the first time I got to watch it one of the scenes that really stuck out the most to me is when, you know, he gets the guy that first off the fact that they just slice his wife's throat. Yeah. Is like, Holy crap. But then when he finally gets the guy who did it and like, there's no dialogue with him. There's no anything like that. They just grab him, slam him up against the same post that they killed her at. He just slices the guy's throat in his face. Yeah. Like, it's like, he's like, kind of just like looks around and it's almost like he's like an animal. Like yeah. it's not even, and not like a, ah, animal, yeah. like a, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, and he's like, Mel's Mel Gibson's just so believable as like this charismatic leader that mm-hmm. like the people, like this is one of the few times the people want this guy there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he, he's deserving and it's believable. Yeah. I like to watch this movie in conjuncture with Outlaw King. Yeah. Outlaw King's fantastic. It's an honorable mention mm-hmm. for me. Dude, that's the second honorable mention you've spoiled ahead of time. Excuse me, please. We got rules. Just kidding. No. Okay, so my number four. What, how we, what are we talking about here? So let me ask you a question. Spidey man, no homer. Let me ask you a question. So you say that uh, William Wallace is a man who could inspire you. Right. Like, and I'd say uh, that reaction would almost be akin to like standing up and just... William Wallace. Right. Much akin to the reaction that I had in a particular scene in Spider-Man No Way Home. I'd guess that. My number four. Uh, this is... My favorite That is a good movie. movie. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Remember, it's my favorite. I know. And from a sheer theater reaction. The other movies... Why didn't you just put, like, Disney Plus's top ten streaming for July <laughs> no, or something? <laughs> my God. No. But seriously... Of the, of the Jacob's like my number two, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. <laughs> <laughs> number four, the Hospital Musical Two. <laughs> oh no, my but, gosh! Uh, no, anyway. Which side tangent for a second? Did you hear that Zach Efron's coming back for like a High School Musical four or something? I know you, Mr. Disney's uh, excited for that. Coming to Disney Plus <laughs> on, on tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't care less, dude. I would show for Disney, dude. Send me some money. I'll talk about your stuff. Yeah. I'm oh doing yeah, it now, look, anyway. Disney. You want to send me a check? I'll become the <laughs> yeah, biggest listen, Disney fan, dude. There's all kinds of podcasts out there. It's like you dare question my integrity. Listen, you got nothing yeah. to worry about here. Y'all go ahead and throw my integrity down at the <laughs> Yeah. The, my integrity is going down the Splash Mountain. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so um, 
Uh, my remaining three, I don't really. I do sort of, but I don't. They're like fuzzy. Kind of my memory of seeing them in theaters. The ones that I have seen in theaters. Mm-hmm. This is to memory my greatest theater going experience of all time. Just we all like. We did a whole episode on this, so I'm not, actually not going to go super in-depth about it. Go back and listen to that episode, because this episode's already getting pretty long. But, just to give the long and short of it, it is the greatest villain performance in the MCU, and I think Willem Dafoe, with this movie, launches uh, the Green Goblin, Norman Osborn, into the greatest one of the greatest villain performances in film. I think he's fantastic in this movie. He steals every scene he's in, the Green Goblin. I think that... Uh, this movie could have so easily ridden on the coattails of nostalgia. It could have so easily just been like, hey, remember when this character said this and look, Tobey Maguire is here. Like, and that could have been all it needed to do. But instead, it told a story. It told, it continued Tom Holland's story. It made Tom Holland Spider-Man a Spider-Man that I can go, okay, that's Spider-Man and I like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, without any of the Tom or Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield stuff, that scene in the apartment is one of the greatest su- superhero movie scenes ever, I think. Where the moment when his spider sense goes off and he realizes something's going on in that fight with the Green Goblin, when he's punching him in the face and he's just laughing at him, incredible. And then, of course, the moment that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire show up, this just becomes like, like man, you were there. Like, the theater just lost it, yeah. dude. Like, later people told me, dude, you stood up when that happened. And... I yeah, I mean I people did. were just walking up to you after, dude. You stood. Dude, are you okay, dude? You understand? He wasn't here, right? <laughs> dude, I don't know if you knows, but you stood up dude, during the film. Are you single? My daughter over here, <laughs> <laughs> or my son? I think no. I got some grandkids somewhere. Yeah, let me go fish them out of the small world, Bob. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway. No, amazing. What about me? (laughs) I mean, I'll I'll stand up. No, but incredible. Andrew Garfield especially. And man, like I said, I love Tobes McGobes. He's my Spider-Man. He's the one that I grew up and be like, to me, that was Spider-Man. But Andrew Garfield, I'm so glad he finally got the chance to show people that he is the, he's the best Spider-Man, I think. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Tobey Maguire is my Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield is the best Spider-Man. But anyway, so good. So many great scenes. Obviously, Andrew catching uh, MJ. And then the less talked about one, but I think the even more powerful one, is when Tom goes to kill Goblin and Toby stops him. And he's literally the, the living embodiment of the Spider-Man doesn't kill people. That Aunt May, the speech she gave. And the... I'll say that for later. But anyway... Um, yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home is my number four. I'm taking William Wallace over any Spider-Man in one-on-one. We'll say the main character of this movie is unfortunately Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I think the weakest of the three. And William Wallace is putting it on him. Let me ask you a question. How recently has Tony Stark been dead? In Pretty the, recent? Sure. Then all he's got to do is like shave his beard and like, does he even, he doesn't even have a beard. Who? William Wallace. He's got, he's got some scratches. He, he just got to like draw with a sharpie, like the Tony Stark beard, and Tom Holland Spider Man will be so beside himself in tears and sobbing that he'll just lop his head off. I'm cool with that. I'll give it to you. So, what is your no- We're in the top three, ladies and gentlemen. My number three is going to surprise you. Praise the Lord because you're, not, you're almost out of here. Because you've not seen it. Okay. What's your number three? But I've shown you a scene from it. Oh, the. 2009. Robert Duvall's Get Low. Wow. The, the scene you, we talked about, 
in the actor episode, you told me to watch the scene, and we watched yeah. it immediately afterwards, and it was incredible. It is like it's the most haunting performance mm-hmm. I can think of, of like not a bad way, just like emotionally contained but real mm-hmm. uh, performance from Robert Duvall, and it's like the it, that's such a trope in movies of like the misunderstood uh, guy, you know, the misunderstood character about that people think he's uh, mean and. Mm-hmm. Not, hardened and it's you know because of some big thing that's happened to him but i just think this is by far the most well uh, translated to screen version of that trope Mm -hmm. and it's just i mean the performance is just incredible by robert duvall i think he's oh he was my number two actor i think Mm -hmm. and i think it's his best performance he's fan freaking tastic in it and um it's it is a movie where he's you know bill murray's in and bill murray's a good actor but uh, this is a movie where robert duvall's Bill Murray's in the movie? Yeah. This this is a movie where Robert Duvall... And his, most of his scenes are with Lucas Black, who's a decent actor. But um, Robert Duvall shines. But it, he's such a dull character. So it's weird. Not dull, but dark almost. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to say he shines, but he does. He's so, mm-hmm. like, he's so like polarizing watching him on screen. Everything's so real. And I know I keep saying so real, but that's what I love about acting is when someone can convince you it's real. And Robert Duvall does a fantastic job of that. And your men, it is a movie where I break mentally sometimes and be like, well, this person's acting wasn't very good. So I know it's, you get what I'm saying? So that mm-hmm. kind of bothers me. But, and then he yanks me right back in with a scene or something like that. But just the way his emotion, and like I said, just the best word for me to convey it is just a haunting performance. Like he does such a fantastic job of like conveying his emotion. And particularly in the speech scene where he, so he tells good. the truth. And it's the first time that, He's ever got to tell the truth of what mm-hmm. happened. And like, so you're saying, to translate what you're saying. You're oh, saying you think like, I need to translate? No, 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 please, no. Uh, like the movie itself is good, but it's the performance that just propels it to a whole new height. I think the movie's fantastic. But yeah, it's Robert okay. Duvall's performance is just Yeah, like that scene take you showed me. me back. I do want to watch the rest of the movie because that scene you showed me was just absolutely fantastic. With him at the funeral, like that was incredible, and I wish I could say more about it, but I haven't watched the movie. But even just from what I've seen, solid, a true six banger, six banger. Yes, sir. Well, love the movie, Robert Duvall. Uh, let me shake your hand before you pass, brother. He might show up on my honorable mentions. All right, I know what it's going to be, too. Secondhand lines. Secondhand lines. Where'd you get that line, boy? <laughs> you get that at a secondhand Good store? <laughs> I'm going to speak this, man. You're going to die from secondhand lying if you don't you stop, be son. Out there. They tell me that every time you step outside, you're liable to run into a secondhand line. <laughs> what the freak? <laughs> <laughs> Who are these characters? <laughs> Bro. Get all out of here. Anyway, okay, so is it my turn for number three? Yeah. I'll go ahead and tell you. I'm ashamed of what I've done here, but I'm only going to do it one <laughs> if time. If your whole is. No, I'm only going to do it one time. My number three spot is occupied by two films. No. I'm sorry. No, I would have done that. It's only going to happen once. Oh, my gosh. That's because they're so close to my heart. My number three movie is Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. Are you? There's no way. I'm going to kill you in real life. I love, dude, I freaking love these movies. Like, gosh, they're so good. They blow every MCU Spider-Man out of the water 
No Way Home comes close. It's the only one. But like all dude, the Spider-Man movies bow. They're, they're all decent movies. Of, These are your, this is your dude. third favorite movie yes. of all and I say freaking time. No, and, I'm, and once again, I'm not saying all-time greatest movies. There are guys at local barber shops that are beating out Tobey <laughs> Maguire on the... On the <laughs> <laughs> there are literally go down no, to the freaking sports clips. No, no, no. Spider Man One. We'll we'll start we'll we'll start with Spider Man One. Freaking incredible, dude. It changed movies, man. Like without it, we wouldn't have any of these superhero movies running around. I think that Tobey Maguire does a fantastic job as Spider Man. I think Willem Dafoe steals the show as Green Goblin, and then I think J.K. Simmons. Willem Dafoe in is as, incredible. Yes. But. And then J.K. Simmons coming in as J. Jonah Jameson. Unreal. And let me ask you a question. Has any superhero fight ever come close? Like, any of them. I'd put any of them up against it. Come close to the sheer brutality and just kind of like, holy crap, of the final fight scene in Spider-Man 1? No, it is good. And when he takes the freaking grenade yeah, to the face? I think it does a lot of things not as well as the MCU. Not in Spider-Man, I'm saying in general. But I think the thing it does so much better is that the grittiness mm-hmm. the reality and i think that like the character the all the characters shine the actors are really good elizabeth banks is in the movie for like three seconds as betty brant she is awesome oh um, betty brant that's something i'd like to take down to like shoot low, you sometimes the longhorn like, uh, steakhouse Peter Parker why would you want to shoot her i'm trying to get have a steak dinner well, i think he's implying a different kind but uh and excuse me the, <laughs> sorry um <laughs> No, and then Ant Man, Uncle Ben are fantastic. I think that you know you always hear, "Well, we've seen Uncle Ben die forty five times," but the first time was amazing. And I challenge anyone who's like, "Well, Tobey Maguire thought they were good at acting." Watch that scene where this Uncle Ben me. dies. I am that guy. Watch that scene where Uncle Ben dies. It's, he does it's good. Fantastic. The better he, actor though is Uncle Ben. He's Cliff Robertson, amazing in the movie. Rip Clifford. Uh, Rosemary Harris, freaking amazing as Aunt May, but no, she is incredible, dude. She she's hot, but she does not <laughs> so No, but she, dude, in that scene when when he comes out, they obviously cast her for, for, for her looks, for, so or, not just her looks. Over it. I mean, you think they put her in those <laughs> nightgowns for no reason, dude? Stop. Let me tell you one thing. So, uh, new Aunt May dies from getting hit with a glider. Old Aunt May finishes the prayer. So we know which one of them went to heaven. Yep. You know what I mean? burning in hell right now. No, anyway. <laughs> Goodness uh, gracious. She's down there with Jeff Bridges. Like, hey, put on some of these jeans. You better That's stop. That's a call back to earlier, remember? Yes, sir. I'm, oh, I remember. Them high water jeans. Yes, sir. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, incredible. The scene where he's running when he just found Uncle Ben dead and he's like... Visualize this for me. Give me this, dude. Sam Let Raimi. me visualize it. Hold on. Sam Raimi, great director. When you see him running down the alleyway, and like after just Uncle Ben's been shot, Sam Raimi's running, running down like, the alleyway. No, no. Spider Man's running down the alleyway. Spider Man. Spider Man's running down the alleyway, and he's putting on the suit, and he's like, yeah. oh, and he like runs up. Oh, dude. What do you think Aunt May's doing at this moment? Shut the frick I, Probably I, weeping I, over the death of her husband. Hey, anyway, that's when I swoop in. I, very I'm human. so sorry for your loss. What about Longhorn Steakhouse? Very human. Spider-Man 2, the reason that it's right up right, there with it, right. it 
Doctor, oh, I can never decide. Doctor Squidward. I like Doctor Octopus. He's amazing. Oh, sorry, J.K. Simmons gets even more to do in this one, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, quick side of the first one and why I think the MCU is Harry screwed. Pot- Harry Potter, Spider Man's yes. best friend, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. The, the they've screwed J.K. Jacob was Jameson's J. Jonah Jameson <laughs> right, so Jake bad. So this dude, and even you talk about how much you love this scene. When the Green Goblin shows oh, up, oh, I do love that. Part. And he says, "Like, oh, I don't know where they come. They come in the mail, you know." And he's like asking about the pictures for Spider-Man. Then Spider-Man Two really gets in depth about the personal journey of these characters. I don't think Doc Ock is as good as Green Goblin just because Willem Dafoe, but he's still an incredible villain. It's got the train fight scene, which, to my money, is still one of the great greatest fight scenes in any movie ever. Like, like the visceral nature of like them speeding down this train in New York and punching mm-hmm. each other is amazing. I Joey think, Diaz is in that movie. That's who? The One of the guys that steps in front and is like, if you want to get to him, you're going to go through me. The big fat guy, that's Joey My Diaz. My favorite scene in that movie is when he's like, he takes the mask off Spider-Man and he's like, he's just a kid, no older than my son. I'm like, is your son 45? <laughs> yeah, like, for real. Holy crap. <laughs> but, anyway, uh... It's like a not. It's like a nineteen-year-old kid takes his mask off. This guy's just a kid. He's no older than my son. <laughs> no older than my son. It's like, like what? It's always like here's the Spider-Man. It's John Reese from Terminator. Yes. he takes his mask off. This is John Connor. This is all the crap. <laughs> this is John Connor. No, but anyway. So yeah, I'm not gonna waste any more time. Well, thank God. Great movie. The personal journey that Harry and Peter and Mary Jane is really highlighted in Spider-Man Two, even though Peter and MJ are kind of terrible people in this movie, but. And one of the, I got to say this last thing, one of the greatest scenes in the history of superhero film is Aunt May's speech to him in Spider-Man 2, when she tells him, you know, I believe there's a hero in all of us, you know, keeps us honest. And, and dude, that's I'm gonna be seriously. Honest. I'm going to be honest. I was just thinking about what she looked like the whole time she was talking. Seriously, dude, it makes me so mad that they've, they've flushed her character down the toilet because... That scene is so good. The speech she gives, she inspires him to be Spider-Man again. Anyway, so my third favorite movie of all time, Spider-Man 1 slash Spider-Man 2. But more importantly, I'm not good. Who is your main character? Um, Mr. Robert Duvall and Get Low. Against Tobes McGobe Spider-Man? Yes. Felix I, Bush. I think he's going to be paced on that train. <laughs> okay, he probably would. I'll give you that one. <laughs> okay. I'll give you that he, one. He'd be telling him the story about that lady. He'd be like, oh, and I had him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's great. It is, I think, poetic justice that I follow Sam Raimi's Spider-Man with arguably the greatest movie of all time. you number two? The Godfather. I'm confused. So you're saying it's it's good that you follow it because you follow the, a superior movie you with a lesser stop, movie? Sir. You really need to stop um, this movie. How many? Uh, this is as close to perfect as any movie's ever been, ever. If you don't count Sam Raimi, you, you just need to stop, sir. I'll kill you. Uh, the performances. I'm not an Al Pacino guy at all. I don't like Al Pacino very much. Al Pacino in this movie, incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, James Can is that's how it's pronounced. Wow. That's how it's pronounced. Correct, James Can. Mm-hmm. Still is the Con, show. I think maybe Con, whatever. Con. He steals the show for me. He's by so far, good. Um, as old Sonny boy. And then obviously, how are we going to leave out Marlon Brando, dude? Hey, oh I mean, I can't even do his voice in the movie, but because every time I start to do his voice, I, I go to the, the Batman. The, the Batman. You realize how it's troubling? Listen to it, Kurt. But, uh, and then Robert Duvall's, I mean, come on, dude. I, the movies that I like this much is hard for me to even 
convey yeah, I mean, what I'm trying tough, to say. Because there's so much. Emotion. It is. Um, I mean, I just need to put it this way: there's no such thing as perfection, right? This is as close to that as it gets. The movie The Godfather. Was well, it not your number one? If this was the about the greatest movies of all time, it would be my number one. Okay. But this is my favorite. Movie. My favorite scene is when he goes, "Yeah, don't don't tell my kid what to do." Yeah, that's a great one. If you ever, ever do that again, I'll kill you in real life. Well, can I, I let you in a dark secret? Yes, you've already told me this. Well, they... No, no, no. I'm let you know. All never right, all right. I've never seen The Godfather. <laughs> I knew that, dude. You do need to watch The Godfather. Like, I genuinely. It's, watch, it is genuinely the greatest movie of all agreement. time. I'll watch The Godfather. No. You watch Captain America Okay, Civil that War. is another cookie-cutter MCU piece of yeah, dog garbage. Don't look at what to do. <laughs> And the Godfather, the image of the Godfather. The, you need to stop. The Godfather is literally the greatest movie of all time. I mean, like, I think it, a lot of people think it. I'm Look not disagreeing. Dude, come on, stop. Do you have anything else to say? I mean, like I said, it's hard for me to even. So you like Godfather more than Godfather Part 2? Much more, yeah. I don't get okay. I mean, Godfather Part 2 is also a top 10 movie all time. Um, but in my opinion, but it's not one of my favorite movies. Like I can watch it and objectively say this is one of the, but I feel like the De Niro stuff, I feel like the De Niro stuff should have been its own movie. Yeah. The young, um, young Vito stuff. Just a great cast from what I understand. Yeah. The Corleones still the show, obviously, cause it's about their family, but incredible. Fantastic. Is it my turn? Also, I'm 118% Italian, so that's got well, a lot. That's, that's got a lot. lot, of lot yeah, that's got a lot to do with why the Godfather. Shout out, uh, Young Smeet. I'm 118% Italian. Wow. Is it time for my number two? It is. Now I have to tell you something. I'm ashamed again of what I've done. If you follow the Godfather with an MCU movie, I'm no. stabbing you in the heart. No, no, it's just once again, and I promise this is the last time I do this. It's two. <laughs> no, dude. Just this is but ridiculous. They, but I just can't, dude. I can't. So one, I promise. This is the last time I do two. I promise. It's Return of the Jedi <laughs> and Star Wars A New Hope. I'm more offended that you would put those movies close to in the same sentence as The Godfather. I think that... Okay, so for me... Probably if you put a gun to my head and just slam me onto this table and pull the trigger, my last words would probably be, if you really you know, want to know, it probably is Return of the Jedi. It's probably my favorite Star Wars movie. But right. I think that the... Much as I hate to say it, the problem with Return of the Jedi and the reason why like it's... Uh, like I think the, the peak of Star Wars is the very end of Return of the Jedi. But I think overall, A New Hope is a is a more clean package because the whole movie is incredible. But um, Star Wars obviously is one of the greatest film franchises of all time. It created pop culture practically. And so I show no shame in putting a Star Wars movie on my top 10 greatest movies of all time for me, our favorite movies of all time, and even at number two. Uh, and that's because they're just incredible. I think that we'll talk about A New Hope first, actually, because it's easier to talk about that one first. For me, just the story of Luke Skywalker it's so easy to to put yourself in his shoes, even if we all haven't been somewhere where we just feel so, so ah, like I don't want to be here. We've all been disappointed in our situation at life sometimes. And to see a character that takes that and gets propelled into a grand adventure, it's not sci-fi, it's sci-fantasy. 
and it's incredible. Like the the world that Lucas created, the Jedi, the the Sith, you know, the Rebels, the Empire, Darth Vader. Like there's so many iconic things. Ladarius Cromwell. Ladarius Cromwell. There's so many things that like we take for granted now in pop culture, like lightsabers, stormtroopers, the Millennium Falcon, X-wings, the Death Star. Like that just immediately became pop culture canon. You know what I mean? Like and the. The backstory of A New Hope is also so fascinating to me because, you know, there's a whole documentary about it and they talk about how every person was telling George Lucas, this will not be good. You will make no money. You're going to ruin your career. Uh, All these people were telling him that. And, um, yeah, like, it's just incredible. A New Hope just blows it out of the wall. Like, just such a good movie. But Return of the Jedi, for me, the finale of Return of the Jedi with... The peak moment in all of Star Wars is whenever Luke throws the lightsaber aside and says, You failed your highness. I am a Jedi like my father before me and redeems Darth Vader. It's one of the reasons I hate The Last Jedi so much is that it is the ultimate climax and ending for Luke Skywalker's arc. It's the most emotional moment in all of the franchise. And the duel between Luke and Vader is so powerful. Finally seeing the Emperor in all his glory... uh, you know, the, and even not just the ending, the job of the hunt stuff at the beginning is so fantastic. It's they're just great movies, kind of like what you said. I feel like so many people talk about Star Wars, and I want to do a full Star Wars episode eventually, so I don't want to go super in depth. But yes, my second favorite movie of all time is Return of the Jedi slash A New Hope. So, what is your favorite movie of all time? My favorite. First of all, I'm sorry. Who's the main character of a Godfather? Probably Michael Carleone. I think Luke Skywalker takes him. He's not beating Corleone. Any Corleone. Any of the Corleones, give it to him. Well, what's your f- number one movie of all time? My number one movie of all time. It is number one to me because it has, again, we've been talking this whole time, acting performances make movies for me. This has the greatest single performance in the history of film. Tombstone. I should have known that would be your number one. Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday is the greatest performance in the history of film, in my opinion. People are going to say, you call yourself a student of film. <laughs> but I think you'd be surprised how many people would. Bro, it, he is incredible. Like, just... The way he conveys sickness, and people try... There was a SNL skit recently where they're trying to make fun of... Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, and I was like... Yeah, it made me mad. I couldn't laugh at it. I was like, "This is stupidity," because it's so like real. The, mm, the way he like, you know, feeds that into the character. The fact that he's mm. getting sicker and and just the like the just unrational confidence he still has, mm. and um, the the charisma and and the uh, man. I could just talk forever about about old Val as Doc Holliday. And I, I think to me, like the the scene of him. That solidifies that character for me, and I think it's the best for me personally. And I have a bunch of dumb personal favorite movie, moments in movies, but is when the guy says to him, uh, "You know, like he, he's coming to help Russell, Russell Kurt Russell, Russell, Kurt Russell's character," and he's like, "I got a lot of friends," and he's mm-hmm. like, "I don't." It's like, yeah, oh, dude. The, my favorite um, is when uh, him and Johnny Ringo are fighting. He's like, "My fight's not with you, Holiday," and. Uh, Val Kilmer's like, um, I beg to differ, sir. And he's uh, like, we we started a, a game we never got to finish. I don't remember it word mm. for word, but it's like. Because they uh, did the twirling yeah, thing. Yeah. Which is still so and good. Play for, he's like, play for uh, blood, remember? And he's like, I, and John Ringo's like, I was just fooling about. 
And uh, Doc Holliday's like, I wasn't. He's, so he's awesome. incredible, dude. Like Val Kilmer, I hate that. That unfortunately, I think the thing he's most known for in pop culture is Batman. Yeah, and it's which is ridiculous. Because, yeah, he's so good. Doc he's Holiday, not even bad in yeah. Batman. No, he's not. But no, he's like his Doc Holiday. Like I, I would agree with you. It's one of the greatest film performances of all time. Mm-hmm. I think, like even just that scene, like what you kind of referred to there, when they are twirling the cups, mm-hmm. and like the other guys doing all these crazy, stupid moves with this gun and all this other stuff, like. All he does, like, he could have done something crazy awesome with the cover, something like that. But the fact that the director and the performance is just like, no, I'm going to just, yeah. and, like, mock you. And it's like, but everybody in the room knows Doc Holliday would kill yeah. you. So and that's like, another, like, one of the great scenes in film to me is when they have their standoff and mm-hmm. Johnny Ringo thinks it's going to be wide herb. Mm-hmm. And then you think it's going to be wider mm-hmm. Because, you know, um, Doc Holliday's laid up sick mm-hmm. in the bed and it's... Uh, old doc and then they draw on each other it's not even close no and but the craziest thing about it too is that i feel like they do such a good job in the movie because of how i mean this sickness is just tearing him down that you honestly though even though you're like well it's doc holiday you're still kind of like what i mean he's like yeah he's so sick like he could feasibly gosh he has so many good lines when the guy that plays sandman's like uh he's so drunk he's seeing double and doc holiday's like uh uh, I got two, but I have good thing. I don't want to say it wrong, but it's like uh, I have two pistols, one for each of you, or yeah. something like that. It's so awesome. I definitely so well misquoted done. it there, but gosh, hey, that's okay. <laughs> no, and I think I think kind of like in a Pirates of the Caribbean kind of way. I think that Kurt Russell really he gets overshadowed by Val Kilmer a lot, but I think he's really good in the movie too. Mm-hmm. He is. I do, and I think there's a Bill Paxton's good. Mm-hmm. Sam Elliott's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Powers Booth, the bad guy, is mm-hmm. really good. Um, it's a, just a really good movie. Um, Johnny Ringo plays, um, we talked about him already, uh, Kyle Reese, the main guy in Terminator. Ooh, yeah. okay. I didn't know that. Wow, I didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. Until recently. Until I, just now when you pulled it up. No, I really didn't know. Me and Dewey were kidding. talking about it the other day. I'm but yeah, if you ever do that again, I'll kill you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but dude, just... It's another one where it's like predicated on one performance, but that one performance. But I mean, like the movie around him is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, is that all you have to say about your number one? I'm gonna have to find this quote. Uh... Well, for, feel free to cut in, but uh, may yeah, I... yeah, he says I have two guns, one for each of you, which is amazing. Oh, that's so awesome. I want to make sure, because this is your number one, I want to make sure that you've said your piece. I've said my piece. I, I mean, once again, it, it makes my number one because I believe Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday is the single greatest performance in the history of film. And I I mean, I, re, I would respect that. And I honestly, I think even putting that as your number one f- greatest film of all time, I think a lot of people would argue and agree with that tombstone. Like, yeah, I think there's a whole group of people who would go, yeah, that's the greatest film of all time. But... Uh, so for my number one film, I think people would agree that it's the number one performance. I don't think there's a lot of people that think it's the greatest. I movie. think I, I think you'd be surprised how many people would think Tombstone is the greatest movie of all time. But I'm not saying it's like a massive group. But, but there are probably some good old boys like yeah, that. that's what I'm saying. Like there's a generation. Yeah, but so um, I'm a man of my word. <laughs> you just said that like I was born in 1968. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a man of my word, but I'm also a man who's ashamed. Dude, you can't do your number one can't be two movies. It's not. That is so stupid. It's not. Yes, it is. I promise it's not. 
Just three. Dude, you're an <laughs> you idiot. You want to know what my greatest movie of all time is? What? The Lord of the Rings trilogy, dude. I couldn't pick one, man. I promise. I sat there. It started, Fellowship of the Ring was at number one. And then I was like, oh my gosh. Like, okay, yeah, Fellowship of the Ring, yeah, but it doesn't have the Rohirrim charge. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll do the, I'll do Return of the King. And then I was like, but then that doesn't have the Battle of Helm's Deep or like the, you know, and then everything just spawning around. I think to really sell it, it's got to be the trilogy. I think if you, once again, if that guy put the gun back to my head and pulled the trigger, the last thing I would say before I slipped into the great beyond and joined Jeff Bridges down in the, the hell with you're his highway. You're going to hell. I'm saying if I don't say what the movie is, I'll, that's the only way I can get to heaven. Um, I would have, I'd probably say Fellowship of the Ring, but mm-hmm. it's, it's our show, so we can make our own rules. So for me, I mean, you got to make your own rules. I had to choose well, one Well, know this movie. in the future. That you yeah. can make your own rule. I mean, I, me, who's probably watched three times as many movies <laughs> as you, had to pick individual movies. The Lord of the Rings trilogy. Once again, there is a lost episode of this podcast that is a two-hour deep dive in what makes The Lord of the Rings great. And there's an insane have, story. Are you even still trying to... I'm put, trying, but not as hard as I once was. We may just have to do it again. No. I'm, How much of it you got to piece it together? I don't know. But anyway, so I don't want to go too in-depth because there's a whole episode about it. But it, to me, without question, the greatest film of all time. The greatest film franchise of all time. It's won more Oscars. This is respectable. I think you can, with a straight face, say this is the greatest movie of all time. I don't agree with it, but I'm... Yeah. And I think that Peter Jackson, I mean, he took the greatest fantasy novel of all time and turned it into, like, something that should have been unfilmable. Something that should have been, well, there's just too much. There's... And he carved off, dare, I mean, I don't even say fat, but but he presented it in a way that is just incredible. It blows my mind what he was able to do with these films. The the casting, absolutely incredible. There's a ton of movies where people say, well, you know, you couldn't recast. Even Star Wars, which I'm is the closest, I think, to it, where it's like, man, it'd be hard to recast those roles. This is the greatest cast film of all time, I think. Or franchise of all time. I think every character is mm-hmm. perfect. I can't imagine anybody I agree. else is any other. I mean, I don't character. agree it's the greatest cast, but I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, it's it is fantastic. I think the moments are just so incredible. The you shall not pass the um, the beginning. I mean, the way it opens with mm-hmm. the whole you know the the that part of where the, Galadriel. the part where you I mean you just realize this climatic moments about happening. It's that Aragorn and Boromir can no longer be friends. Oh, wait, this is a good movie, yes. not an MCU. Uh, Bor- Boromir's death scene, incredible. Uh, the Battle of Helm's Deep. I didn't need you to admit Boromir would beat Aragorn. The Battle of Helm's Deep, incredible. The Excuse me, sir. Charge of the Rohirrim, Did you not hear me? incredible. The, sir. The fact that Sam is the one, you know, I can't carry for you, but I can't carry I'll you. I'll let you keep no, all three as your number one if you'll admit Boromir I'm can not, beat Aragorn. I'm not going to lie on the podcast. Well, that's but, not a lie. Uh, and then, not just the movies themselves. The creation of the movies is an incredible story. Like, like if you have the time, please look up documentaries, look up makings of, watch how they made these films, and you will see every step of the way. Every person who put their hands on this project were passionate about it, loved it. You guys, you got people making chainmail. You got all this. Stuff. Like, it's just incredible. Just the 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 passion that went into this and you can tell it and I don't think they'll ever be able to make movies like this anymore because they found so many ways and what is good for the actors and for the directors and stuff to cut the corners and not have to do be in the grime as much not have to do all this stuff but it makes these movies feel so real and raw and they're just incredible like I said I don't I don't want to go too in depth because I'm hoping to get that secret episode out one day that'll be my final act before I die and um 
Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's my number one movie, The Lord of the Rings trilogy. Do you want to very quickly, because we're approaching two hours here, uh, go back over your top ten list? I'll just do my honorable mentions real quick, not go through each one, but just throw them down. Just say them out loud. Um, then... The Fighter, which I I am going to say I think is a better movie than a lot. Like, it is a better movie than a lot of my favorite movies okay. on this list. Uh, same thing with Dances with Wolves. Um, the King, The Batman. Heck yeah. Legend. The Tom Hardy movie. Fury, the Brad Pitt mm-hmm. World War II movie. Uh, Lighthouse, for Robert Pattinson, Willem Dafoe. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, the Clint Eastwood movie. That almost broke my top ten. It's yeah. Fantastic. 99 Homes, Andrew Garfield, yep. Michael Shannon. Shot Caller, Nikolai, Castro Waldo, and mm-hmm. John Bernthal, and a bunch of those guys. Um, yep, those are my honorables. The ones that almost made her. Go back over your top ten. All right, sir. If you ever try to tell me what to do again, this podcast will end tonight because I'll kill you. <laughs> Um, Hell or High Water at 10, Mud at 9, True Grit at 8, Lawless at 7, Moonrise Kingdom at 6, Prisoners at 5, Braveheart at 4, Get Low at 3, The Godfather at 2, Land Before Time at 1. No, I'm just kidding. Tombstone at 1. Land Before Time. I said Fievel. That's Littlefoot. Okay. So my honorable mentions, Tarzan, Disney's Tarzan. Love that movie. Disney's The Lion King. Uh, once again, chilling out. <laughs> but, uh, Disney's Hercules. Uh, I think those are all incredible. Uh, the Iron Giant, which it was so hard not to put the Iron Giant. Yeah, a lot of kids' kid. movies. But I think they're incredible. The Iron Giant, dude, they're, they're movies that are made now for adults that I think don't have the emotional impact of you are who they're you good choose movies. to be. And he goes, Superman. Yeah. Dude, like the, that is incredible. The Iron Giant. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, I think is a fantastic movie. Uh, dude, a lot of people would argue that's one of the greatest down. movies of all time. No uh, one would promise, ever promise. argue. Promise, go online. That's one of the greatest movies of all time. I'm joking, go online. I hate this world, if that's true. Uh, the Road to El Dorado. I freaking love that movie. That, that is so movie. hard not to put in my top ten. Secondhand Lions was really hard. That that like that is actually a fantastic movie. And it's one fantastic. And I feel like that was when we were kids, we watched that movie so often. So I have a connection with that. Uh, Hot Rod, I think, is one of those movies where it's funny, but the first time you watch Hot Rod, that's one of the funniest movies ever made, I think, the first time you watch it. Like, Agreed. some of the jokes aren't, like, afterwards. Uh, this will make you mad, but The Greatest Showman, I think, is a great movie. I think that it's, it's fantastic. And this will make you really mad. Almost breaking the top ten, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. I love Top Gun Maverick. But, uh... So my number 10, Toy Story. My number 9, Avengers Infinity War. My number 8, Tangled. My number 7, Jurassic Park. My number 6, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. My number 5, Captain America Civil War. My number 4, Spider-Man No Way Home. My number 3, Spider-Man 1 slash Spider-Man 2. My number 2, Return of the Jedi slash A New Hope. And my number one, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. This list was brought to you by the Walt Disney Corporation. You can scroll through Jacob's whole list if you're on Disney Plus and it's like, what we recommend since you recently watched The Lion King. Yeah, The Lion King. Or, or what do they have? Yeah. But um, guys, I know this has been a longer one, uh, but thanks for sticking in. We like to do these longer form podcasts, but it is approaching one o'clock in the morning. So, um, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, we'd like to thank you if you stuck all the way to the end here. We really appreciate it. Yep. Uh, please like, comment, subscribe, leave a review. Those seriously help. Five star reviews really get us out there. Share this with a friend. Um, you know, go. We have a Facebook page. I'm working on getting a YouTube and a Instagram going. But you know, go on there and and comment or uh, send us an email at the Obropod at gmail.com yes sir yes sir and you can reach us with any um comments or and we will read literally anything on here 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so please just send it to us. Disney, if you're out there, we'll take any amount of money that you send us to There's show out. There's no doubt. Ethan's I'll change my whole totally top different. 10. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, um, we would say goodbye. But goodbye good- means it's over. And around here, it's never over. See you around, folks. Adios, kiddos. Come on, dude. Why'd you stand up? What are you doing out there? Get back on the small world. Come on, what? <laughs>